Welcome to Season 4 of the Talking Lead AK Corner. Proudly presented by Citri Aww. What is that? Hold on, why does it blur? Hold on. Turn your screen blur off. Yeah. You take screen blur off. Hey, have you got a BFT? Yeah. Okay. We'll need one of those too. This will, uh, this hits end of the month. What, what is that Can't. thing you're holding? That's, this is the new Rival S, the, the steel framed one that'll come out. It releases January 3rd. I just got no, that. I mean in your, I mean in your hand. What is that object so, you're holding in your hand? It's a magazine. <laughs> a magazine. Printed. You still make those? Yeah. What this? Uh, this antiquated. Yeah. Did yeah. They bring that on a mule cart. <laughs> From the Oregon Trail. Can you hear me? What was that? Can you hear me? <laughs> no, not with people doing sound effects in the background. Can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> All right, while we're waiting on the guns, we can go ahead and get started. Um, yeah, let's do that. This is the AP5. Roller delay blowback firearm, 9mm. Ba- based off the MP5. No, no it is the MP5. I mean, it's a license. Built on HK machinery. Yeah, HK machinery, HK technical data package, HK metallurgy. It is a, I mean, it is a, uh, we say it's based off the original technical data package. Okay, based off the MP5. That's what I said, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> well, crazy. I love the people that say when that came out, they're like, "I'll just say, I'll just get an SP one." They're like, "No, you won't." Yeah. <laughs> Shut and up. And then no you know, I mean, all, in all fairness, in all fairness, they were they were price higher, and then dealers were just jacking them up because they were jacking up every gun. But then they were like, "I'll get a MP5. I'll get an HK for that price." So I was like, "Well, if ours is retailing right now for twenty six hundred, that means theirs is retailing for forty five hundred five thousand. So, yeah, so. yeah, or 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 my my favorite one was the PSL. Oh, for that, I'll just I'll just get a real dragon off. Yeah, you will. Uh, I want you to. I, I will freaking give you a thousand dollars if you go get a real dragon off for twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Pipe dream. Go. I'll just get a real one for that. Uh, I had a, I had a guy. This is people are so fun. Uh, the, you know how inland inland makes the m1 carbine it's actually mm-hmm. car makes it for him but you know what i mean and and, and they're like i don't know 1100 bucks or something like that and the guy's like and the guy said he goes well for that much money i'll just go get an original an authentic world war ii model I'm like oh, that's what you're planning on doing huh you like pick me up pick me up one as well please yeah if, if you I'll can find a, a rockola inland you know <laughs> singer an ibm and a carbine for eleven hundred bucks, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Give me a tank while you're at it too. Yeah. <laughs> Are y'all ready to get started? Uh, yeah, let's do I, this. I've been ready, brother. I know you're warmed up in the uh, minus oh, six I degrees. I am warmed up. Weather out there. Oh, it's plus six now. Sun's out. Oh, it's warmed up. Nice. Mm-hmm. You'll be ready to go out and run some marathons in that. Yeah, the, the temperature has doubled. From negative six to plus six. All right, guys. We are back with the season four finale of the Talking Lead AK Corner presented by our friends over at Century Arms. This is our 12th episode, and we've got a biggie for you guys. We're giving away another BFT-47 rifle from Century Arms. 
And to to help us do that, joining us today, he hasn't been on in a long time. We've got our good buddy, Sergeant Major Lance Nutt, joining us. Lance, welcome in. Good to be here. Thank you for having me, Marty. Absolutely. And Lance is uh, the creator. He founded Sheepdog Impact Assistance. You guys have heard me talk about the organization on the show over the years. Um, we enjoy doing everything that we can for them, and we appreciate all you leadheads that have over the years donated and uh, supported Sheepdog Impact Assistance. Uh, also joining us this episode, which I think this is the first time this year that you've joined us, Adam, is Adam Ranallo <laughs> with Century Arms. Adam, welcome in. Good to be here. It's been a while. It has. It's been too long, and we've got a lot to talk to you about uh, today as well. And uh, Paul Markle, the pimp hand of America, student of the gun, Professor Paul Markle, is also joining us this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Every time I join Marty, he says, well, I think Adam's going to come on if he, uh, if he can, but I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> but then I find out you're on, and I'm like, I'm out. So he tricked me. Uh, he said, he said yeah. you weren't coming, and then you just popped I didn't in. announce it until the very uh, last second, though, so... <laughs> yeah, this is gonna this is gonna be a good show, and and Andrew may pop in. Um, he's in a well, what would you call it? A internet deprived area <laughs> with ten children running around out of the holiday season. Right. Yeah. So uh, he if he finds a quiet spot and an internet connection, he may hop on and, and join us as well. Um, but. It's going to be a good show because we're going to announce the winner. We're going to go ahead and do that right off of the uh, Citri Arms BFT-47. We did a raffle with uh, Sheepdog to raise some money. And uh, before we talk about how well we did with that, we're going to let Lance talk about that. Adam, uh, talk about the BFT-47, Citri's uh, uh, awesome rifle that they released this year. Yeah, so the BFT-47 is something that is a long time coming. Um, as we know, the AK platform has been synonymous with that durable, um, affordable, yeah, just beefy, strong, get it done kind of gun. You know, obviously Paul's done a lot of work in kind of explaining why it is such a viable option. Um, but for a long time, the expectations set and the level of... Um, demand was based on what people knew from the imported market. Mm -hmm. um, things like the Mighty Wazer that Century Arms has been bringing in for years. And there was a certain standard that was said, hey, if we're going to evolve into the American market and let uh, you know American manufacturing take over and control the volume, because we know imports are just that. They're imports. And they are uh, the level of consistency in terms of the volume that comes in is, quite frankly, open to a lot of factors, whether it be, you know, import bans uh, by political administrations, um, demand from things like political unrest overseas. COVID. Like yeah. Supply exactly. demand. You know, yeah. All these all these unforeseen issues, we know that we need to make sure that uh, this platform is available based on American manufacturing. But with that, people said there were certain standards they really wanted. They wanted to see the traditional line, so the bayonet lug, the cleaning rod, the optics rail. Uh, and then the biggest things, they wanted to see a uh, more reinforced trunnion. Um, we know that the original technical data package did not call for a bulged or forged trunnion, but that has become what is, is the standard now in the U.S., 
So there was a lot of going back and forth on, is it a bulge trunnion stronger? Is it a forge trunnion that's stronger? So Palmetto State Armory was something that did some great stuff back in the day. You have Arsenal, you have Zastava, you have Pioneer. You have all these companies that are now making it, but somebody that wasn't really um, in that conversation in terms of really stepping up was Century. And that wasn't acceptable being that they've been a leader in the AK business for so long and did a great job with the Visco, with that S7 tool steel. Mm -hmm. It was durable, but people weren't happy yet because they wanted that bulge. Exactly. You know, and Marty, you have thousands and thousands and thousands of rounds for that gun and it's run for you flawlessly. No problem. But the ultimate thing is the consumer really creates the demand and they wanted a bulged, forged Trunnion. So we did that. We did just that. It, uh, you know, it's, is it's it, a namesake. Adam, is it is it the size matters kind of thing? Is that is that what we're... You know, I think it's perception matters. Ultimately, like we said, <laughs> the, the Visca has run great for us. I personally own a Visca sure. with over 20,000 rounds through it. And, I mean, it looks it. It looks like it has 20,000 rounds through it. But the fact of the matter is when I pull trigger, it still goes bang. Um, but the Bulge Forge Trunnion on the BFT-47 was an answer to the consumer's demand. And we wanted to do it at a price point that everybody could afford. And it's gone gangbusters for us. The gun runs flawlessly. Um, we're seeing zero deformation on the Trunnion um, after 10,000 rounds of running all different types of types of ammo. And it's just been exciting. We launched it at SHOT Show last year, or 2022, and it's just gone great for us. We have a couple different lines, everything from the core, which is what you held up there, which is the traditional wood, to some essentials, which is a stripped-down version that's the most cost-effective and allows you to kind of do whatever you want to do to the gun if you want to change the furniture out, really kind of make it your own. It's the most uh, affordable version for that. And then we have some advanced, enhanced models that come with optics and different bells and whistles too. So it's been great. It's something that is a huge part of our line. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're giving one of those away on the show today. Uh, we ran a, a raffle fundraiser for Sheepdog Impact Assistance. Adam, thank you for donating that rifle so that we could uh, – help our buddies over at sheepdog ia a little bit um i wish we had more time with this with this giveaway it only ran for 10 days so uh the amount of uh, participation that we got in those 10 days was amazing uh, we appreciate all you lead heads all you listeners uh taking part um lance talk a little bit about uh sheepdog impact assistance uh, for our our new listeners that aren't familiar with you guys uh, your organization, what it is, all the amazing things you do for our veterans. I appreciate that, Marty. And, uh, you know, talking about who and what we are as an organization, um, especially this time of year, uh, brings a lot home from the standpoint of the holiday season is always so trying for our nation's veterans and first responders, especially those that are away from their families this time of year. So, when I think about what we do as an organization, and for those of you that are not familiar with us, let's start with the name, right? Uh, a sheepdog for us is what defines uh, the name of or type of individual that serves others and is willing to lay their life down in defense of others, right? So veterans, first responders, um, all men and women that are willing to ultimately sac their, sacrifice their lives uh, if need be, right? And when you think about the power of that, right, think about an entire religion, Christianity, um, 
was wrapped around the idea that a man was willing to die uh, for you and I, right? And so when you when you relate that to the men and women today that are willing to die for us, no, we're not trying to put them on a pedestal with Christ in any way whatsoever, but it should drive home the point of how valuable and how how important these men and women are when you think about the fact that they are willing to put their lives on the line. And that truly defines what a sheepdog is. Uh, it's someone that's willing to run into a burning building when everyone else is sane enough to run out. Uh, it's the type of man or woman that's willing to run in the direction of shots being fired uh, when everyone else is trying to escape that dangerous situation, right? It's chaos. And our nation's sheepdogs, our nation's veterans and first responders are uh, that first line of, def of defense for civilization as a whole and as we know it. And yet people, for whatever reason, tend to take that for granted. So for us as an organization, it's about honoring those men and women. <clears throat> and we honor them by serving them. We, we have three primary pillars. The first being our outdoor adventure program, which is all about getting these men and women up off the couch, re-engaged in positive uh, lifestyle change by taking them on an adventure of a lifetime, whether it's snowmobiling in Yellowstone, hiking in Yosemite, running the Tunnel to, tunnel to Towers race in New York City, uh, giving them the opportunity to check off a bucket list through skydiving, scuba diving, hunting, fishing, camping, you name it. If a veteran or first responder comes to us with a, um, a dream, in many ways, of something they'd like to uh, accomplish or experience, uh, we make it possible through our, our outdoor adventure program. And again, it's all about getting these men and women up off the couch when maybe they think their lives are over after having served. Uh, and that second pillar is our Warrior Path program, uh, which is a peer-on-peer 30-day intensive program that begins with seven days of uh, physical participation with a team that uh, brings them back together as it does with our outdoor adventure program around like-minded individuals fellow veterans and or first responders to create a peer network of men and women that are there to support uh, us individually as veterans and first responders understanding that we now have uh, a an opportunity to deal with past trauma uh, as a team with men and women who have experienced much of this, the same type of trauma, whether it's combat trauma, uh, first responder line of duty trauma, uh, in conjunction with trauma that these men and women may have experienced when they were uh, young men and women in their childhood, uh, or it could be something like divorce financial stress, you name it, trauma is trauma and all human beings experience it. Yeah. PTSD isn't just a veteran or first responder issue, but it's the men and women that we serve, uh, veterans and first responders who have experienced post-traumatic stress at multiple levels in their lives. And through our Warrior Path program, it's all about helping them redefine that trauma through post-traumatic growth and understanding that their trauma should not be allowed to define who they are today or who they're going to be for the rest of their lives. Quite the contrary, uh, we teach them how to use that trauma in, into launching into living their best lives uh, because of it, not in spite of it. Uh, and then our third and, third and final piece is the continued service part of our organization that uh, begins with the element of our disaster response program. 
uh, enabling veterans and first responders to continue giving back, uh, an opportunity to continue serving through disaster response missions, but also what we now refer to today as disasters in your community that happen every day. The disaster of homelessness, um, you know, whether it's serving in a soup kitchen, a homeless shelter, uh, the disaster of youth sports in this country today, uh, where adults are not willing to step up and coach and teach uh, and mentor our young people today. So we are encouraging our veterans and first responders through our organization to get up off that couch and re-engage in their communities, whether it's coaching little league sports, helping and volunteering in their local church, a local soup kitchen, you name it, a, a local park uh, or playground that's in shambles. Uh, we encourage them to go in and clean it up, repair it, whatever they might be able to do uh, to improve that community overall. Uh, and why is it that the greatest generation was all about coming home and making a difference in their local communities? Why are our veterans today uh, and our first responders, when they're no longer serving on a daily basis, why are they not getting out in their communities uh, and giving back uh, and being the leaders that they were when they served? Why are they not continuing to be leaders after that service? So for us as an organization, it's all about that. Getting these men and women up off the couch, teaching them, helping them to learn how to heal. Uh, and that healing process begins with them. Uh, we can't give them a magic pill or push the easy button and these men and women automatically be better again. It's up to them to find and use the tools that are needed. And we introduce a lot of the, the practices and tools that they, they need to improve their lives. Uh, and then that final most important piece, it's all about continued service. It's about giving back. Uh, and we call that helping is healing. So when these, women, these men and women are able to go out and help in their local communities or somewhere in their country through a disaster mission, uh, it, it helps them heal. And we've seen the power of it. Uh, and our organization is at the front line of this. Uh, and we're excited about, one, this time of year in the holidays, we do so much. And that's where this raffle uh, has become really important for us is that this time of year, we do a lot of what we call our black ops missions where we don't advertise all the stuff that we do for veteran and first responder families in need during the holidays. Uh, for example, we had a, um, it's hard to talk about because we're really close with a lot of our local first responders. And we had a deputy sheriff um, killed this weekend, uh, family, young children. Uh, and uh, we're working to step up in a big way and help that family navigate the holidays, uh, especially these young, young people that no longer have their father. Uh, and that's just one example of multiple multiple families across the country that we're assisting this year through our holiday outreach effort. Uh, and a lot of that is here at Christmas, um, giving back to families that are really struggling. And that, again, that's specifically veteran and first responder families that are struggling through the holidays where we are adopting these families, especially the children, and giving them clothes, shoes, other basic home necessities. We had a couple children the other day ask us for bedding, sheets, comforters, and pillows uh, for their beds, right? Think about that. They were asking for uh, toothbrushes, socks, shoes, mm. just the basics that so many of us take for granted. Uh, and then we also give those children an opportunity to list their top three toy choices. 
Uh, and we do our very best to get them exactly what they ask for, minus the ponies and the Corvettes, of course, <laughs> uh, and doing what we can to, to, to give them the best possible Christmas, knowing that uh, they are probably dealing with some really tough times as a family. So, again, uh, this raffle has helped us in a major way. The money that, that we've raised through it alone, uh, we've been able to touch uh, 13 different uh, veteran and first responder families, nice. uh, multiple children, uh, as we've used this money to, uh, to pay for gifts and necessities that these families have asked for. Fantastic. Um, and I personally first have had firsthand experience with uh, your organization's um, uh, programs where, uh, you know, I assisted you guys on a disaster mission here in Tennessee when we had tornadoes a couple of years ago. You guys had sent a uh, DR team up here, DRT team up here, and, uh, you know, just just to see it firsthand, the veterans at work, and like you said, you can see the healing. You can see that, you know, the enjoyment that they give of giving back and, and offering their services. And, uh, you know, I was, I was very privileged to be a part of that. And then also we did that hunt with those Vietnam veterans um, a few years back, and you know, just to see those guys, the look on their face to to be out there, and uh, just the camaraderie between them, to being able to to get together and, and talk themselves and like-minded individuals, kind of thing. You know, been through the same life experiences, and uh, that was just very humbling too. And that stuff isn't cheap. It doesn't run on thanks. You know, it, it takes it takes money and it takes uh, person power. And to get involved with Sheepdog, you guys can go to their website, sheepdogia.org, uh, and there are links there if you'd like to donate financially or if you've got, I guess, manpower that you could donate or things because they need things, especially when you go to these uh, disaster areas. They need water. They need food. They need, like Lance was saying, bedding for children this time of year, you know, toothbrushes and, and things like that. Uh, Lance, talk about your website where they can go and, and do all that. Well, and that is sheepdogia.org. Um, that's sheepdogia, all one word, dot org. And uh, it lists all of our different programs. And obviously, if there's a veteran or first responder um, that's out there listening to this show that it needs a little something extra in their lives, especially when it comes to uh, maybe they're dealing with some mental wellness issues. Uh, they're just in a low spot in their lives. Uh, our organization's here to do our best to, to lift you up. So reach out to us directly. Uh, we'll get you on an outdoor adventure. We'll get you uh, signed up for our Warrior Path pro program or just simply give you an opportunity to continue serving through our organization. But anyone that wants to learn more about what we do uh, and or would like to donate or contribute or volunteer, um, they can navigate the, uh, the website. It's pretty good about linking you to all the different points on on how we serve and how we give back as an organization so certainly encourage people to go there and they can also follow us on, on multiple social media platforms you know the typical ones that are out there these days the, grams, and, uh, the facebook's all those you guys can go there and you can also email me talking at gmail.com or you can reach out to me on the social media as well if you if you know a veteran uh, that is in need of some help, or if you are a veteran and you feel more comfortable getting in touch with me, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to do that. I've, I've sent Lance several, um, 
people that have contacted me directly and Lance is taking care of them. So, uh, however we can get you guys in touch with them. So Lance, we've, we, we did the, the BFT 47 raffle. We, we have a winner. I know that they're waiting anxiously. They're listening because that was part of the stipulation. You have to listen to win. Uh, so I know they're listening and we're not, I'm not we're not going to read a name. We're going to read the number because you had raffle numbers. So, because yes. some people want to stay anonymous, and uh, we're going to respect that. Uh, so, Lance. Hey, you know, first and foremost, I got to definitely say uh, thank you to Century Arms. Um, you know, we couldn't have done this without them. And, you know, Marty and your team are just uh, giving us this opportunity uh, to do the raffle. And, yeah, I mean, the, the showing of support in just 10 days. Um, was phenomenal, and so we appreciate everybody out there, the Talking Lead fan base that has followed this and supported us through the raffle. Thank you very much, and Merry Christmas to everyone. Got to send a shout-out to, to our buddy Bill also with getting his FLEOA network involved too, the Federal Law Enforcement yeah. Officers Association. You so bet. Thank you, Bill. Federal Bill. Law Enforcement Officers Association done an amazing job also. So, um, well, without further ado, we will announce the ticket number. Uh, we have already identified who this person is, so we'll be reaching out to them uh, as soon as possible. And the ticket number is W, W as in whiskey, 1626. And I say again, whiskey, 1626 is the winner of this year's raffle. And again, a huge thank you to Century Arms. Yeah, it's an honor to be a part of it. And I tell you, sitting here listening to the story, obviously Marty's told us a lot about you guys and I'm familiar with your program, but something that just kind of hit me, um, Century has a program called Century Salutes. And the whole goal of the program is to not only put our um, public support behind the men and women, like you say, that do so much to put their lives on the line to protect our freedoms, both overseas and domestically. Um, and then the struggles that some of them endure um, afterwards. And the Century Salutes program is built to partner with a charitable organization that has a directive um, primarily for, uh, you know, veterans of law enforcement and military. And I think it'd be an honor to have a conversation with you after this um, about uh, partnering up with you guys. Um, we just got done with one called Josh's House, um, which is the Josh Palata Fund that uh, raised money, we were able to raise because of the generosity of Century supporters across the country and purchasing product that was directly branded for Josh's house, we were able to donate over $25,000 to them. Nice. Um, and I would love to have a conversation with you about partnering with you for a, a half a year to uh, raise money, raise awareness, and then hopefully, uh, you know, be able to give back to those that have given so much for us. We would love that. We'd be honored, and thank you, Adam. So I'll look forward Absolutely. to Absolutely. My pleasure. I look forward to talking to you more. Fantastic. So, Adam, hold that BFT up again. So for, for those who didn't get involved with the raffle, uh, that's what you didn't win. <laughs> that beautiful BFT 47 right there. Um, we've given two of those away this year, thanks to Adam and Citri Arms. Uh, so you, you leadheads, uh, uh, you have opportunities here to get involved. You participate, listen, win. That's how we do it here. And not only that, but all the other giveaways that Century has put up for every episode of the Talking Lead podcast. We've given something away um, from Century, from uh, our good friends at Mission First Tactical with these awesome dump trays. 
uh, that they have put together with our logo on there. Uh, Seal One with their cleaning kits. Um, uh, we just really appreciate all our sponsors uh, that made this season, season four, such a success. Uh, so thank you and keep on listening and we're going to continue with the show here. Hey, I'm Adam with Canic USA, here talking about an exciting new addition to the Canic Firearms line, the Canic Mete Pro Series. Each Canic Mete model will now feature a pro version as well as a standard configuration, meaning you get all the amazing features that come with the Mete line along with some serious upgrades. These upgrades start with an instantly noticeable feature in the new aggressive slide cuts, which not only look cool, but allow for easier manipulation of the firearm. Next is the chrome-plated, fluted, one-half by 28 threaded barrel. The Pro Series also features tritium front sights and blacked-out rear sights. Finally, the world-famous Canic Trigger is now a polymer 90-degree design. The first two available versions of the Pro Series will be the Canic Mete SFX and the Canic Mete SFT. But as I mentioned before, there's much more coming soon. Thanks for watching, and you can find out more about the Pro Series and all Canic products at CanicArms.com and CanicUSA.com. And don't forget, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can be informed of all the latest Canic news. And as always, stay safe and stay tuned. We're going to talk. All right, thank you very much. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Paul, Paul Markle is right there. <laughs> Joining us from the, the bitter cold Utah. Is that where you're at? Uh, I'm in northeast Utah up in the mountains right now. Yeah. Yeah, his secluded area of the, the country. He's probably working on his next book or something. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny that you mention that because I've been struggling with the uh, – the, uh, the the monolith that is freaking Amazon. You know, on one hand, Amazon is fantastic because they've set up a, a an author-based service that helps a lot of authors to get published. They have, and, and so that's a good thing. But on the other hand, it's also Amazon. So, uh, yeah. you know, I've been, wait, I've been waiting for evil. proof copies. Uh-huh. I said it's that necessary evil. Yeah, it's a necessary evil. So I've been waiting for the proof copies for my latest book for, they, I think it was five days ago, I got the, we apologize, your your package is running late, your package is running late, your package is running I've late. I've gotten several of those. And yeah. yeah, and I, I don't know whether it's them or it's, it, it's probably a combination of them and the U.S. Postal Service right now. Well, just uh, think about the volume yeah. of orders that they get, you know? Yeah, it happens every year this time of year. Yeah, it's yeah. I should have not... known better than to finish a book in December, but uh, <laughs> that's your own fault. Shame on me! Shame on me for doing that. But anyway, yeah, I actually have a new book uh, that's uh, uh, it's called uh, Beyond the Boo Boo: uh, Traumatic First Aid for Citizens, and it details my 15 year journey to get people to shut the fuck up and put a tourniquet on. And uh, people today, it's funny how. We, we, we look at, the, at the, the, the present, you know, we're like, oh, yeah, everybody does that. Or everyone's always done that, like traumatic first aid or whatever it is. I'm like, yeah, actually, no. No, 15 years ago, the people that knew the intelligentsia were, were telling you, don't do that. You should never do that. And the pushback, uh, there, there was only a few of us in the United States on the, in the citizen, you know, defense carry training world that were telling people, get traumatic first aid training and uh, start carrying tourniquets. 
and the the pushback, the hatred, and the vitriol that we got. Uh, it was it was today. People don't believe it. They're like, oh no, everybody does. Police all carry tourniquets, and everybody carries tourniquets. Like, yeah, fifteen years ago, when I said carry a tourniquet, I was a heretic. They wanted to burn me at the stake. Myself and Jaeger, rest his soul. Uh, you know, we were pushing uh, tourniquets in in oh six oh seven. They're like, you know, never do that. So anyway, long story short, or long story a little bit longer, uh, the Beyond the Boo Boo book uh, is actually, it details that 15-year struggle to get people to just shut the fuck up and do the right thing, put a tourniquet on there, and, and also what you should do. You know, the training you should get. Every citizen should get traumatic uh, medical training. Every citizen should know how to put a tourniquet on a person. Every citizen should know how to put a pressure dressing on its on a on a person. Uh, and then we get into the details, like you know. And, and the reason I, I'm I'm really passionate about this is because you know when I became a marine in 1987, uh, our tourniquet was a green cravat and a stick if you could find one. And then it was you know it was the uh, last resort after all other means have failed. And what that translated to is by the time you figure out that you need a tourniquet, that you go find a cravat, start searching for a stick, then put it on, the patient's dead. That's, that's what last resort after all other means have failed means. means the patient's dead. Uh, and if there was a silver lining that came out of the failed global war on terror, it's this. We figured out how to teach 18-year-old kids to keep their buddies alive on the battlefield while they were waiting for the corpsman and the medics to show up. We figured that out. And we took that battlefield knowledge, and this is what always happens with wars, with civil war, you know, World War One, Two, Three, whatever. Uh, if you're smart, you take those lessons and you bring them back and you apply them to, well, to the real world, to our world. And now police officers are saving people's lives with tourniquets. Citizens are saving. We just had, I told you about this, Marty. You know, this summer we did a, a uh, or truncated beyond the boo-boo class where we did, uh, basically, um, it was a, where we, it's our version of stop the bleed. It's a, you know, a, a pressure dressing and tourniquet class and less than 10 days. I think it was like nine days or eight days, but it was very fast. One of our graduates saved a guy's life by putting a tourniquet on his arm, took him to the hospital. The emergency yeah. room doctor said, who put this on? And they're like, oh, this guy didn't. They're like, well, he did a really good job because if this tourniquet wasn't on his arm, he would be dead right now, and we would be putting him in a plastic bag. Uh, Trauma first yeah, aid we, is something that uh, everybody can use. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna need to use that ninety nine point nine 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 percent sooner than you ever will need to use your firearm. So that's right. essential training. And Paul, yeah. Paul, yeah. I can remember coming in in eighty eight. You're talking about that transition. When we were taught basic combat first aid, it was the tourniquet is the last resort, right? Yeah. You know, if all else fails, you put a tourniquet on. And to your point, with a stick and twisting a piece of cloth, by to the, the war on terrorism, you know, my 30-year career of watching the evolution of everything that we taught in the Marine Corps and in the military, it was almost tourniquet first, right? Stop the bleeding is the most yes. important thing that you are Keep talking about in saving Keep someone's life. And I can I can attest to at least seven different Marines that I applied a tourniquet to uh, in the combat zone that uh, I will always say, you know, or watching tourniquets be applied, 
saying that especially when you're losing limbs or you have severe trauma to limbs, uh, the only way they're not going to bleed out is and die is the tourniquet. So good on That's you for it. calling that out. And it, it certainly needs to be applied nationally as almost the first resort, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Now, Paul, where's you know, your book at? Where, where can people get the, your book? <laughs> well, here's the deal, man. Well, I, I'm waiting on the proof copy. Oh, to it's get not to out yet. The, okay. You no, know, I've got to put in the final. All right, this is how it works in the publishing world, Marty. You write the book, you edit it, you you send it away, you get it approved, you get the proof copy, you go through the physical proof copy because I always, no matter how many times you read the digital form, no matter how many times you read the digital file, you will always find mistakes in the print copy. So you've got to get the print copy and then correct those mistakes, then, boom, send it out. So when uh, it, so when it soon, comes out, where is it going to be? It's going to be available. Well, it'll obviously always be at shopsotg.com. Right here. Um, yeah. And... But it's always on Amazon. It'll be on Amazon as a Kindle, Amazon as a paperback, all that. Uh, but I do, for those of you that want to read my books, I, I did publish five books this summer. So, I mean, I wasn't just sitting Man, around picking my nose. You were busy this summer. Uh, Look at you go. Yeah, I, I did the, the martial application of pistol, rifle, shotgun, three different books that are all companion pieces that work together. I did the precision rifle range book. Uh, I did the uh, instructor uh, the instructor development guide. We actually held a, did we talk, um, since we had our, our first, uh, instructor development training program here, uh, we had it held in Salt Lake city a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. We haven't talked since then though. No, we haven't. But. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. We had a, uh, a class full of people and, and they spent uh, three full days learning how to be instructors because believe it or not, knowing how to do something doesn't necessarily mean that you can teach people how to do that thing. Yeah. So uh, that was that was very gratifying. We're going to be doing a lot more of that. So nice. Uh, even though we're kind of in winter quarters now, we are preparing uh, a tremendous amount of of training uh, and programs uh, going forward. Get on your uh, always, proofer's ass and get that book out, the Boo Boo book. What's it called again? Oh, it's going to be called Beyond the Boo Boo. Beyond the Boo Boo. We used to. Funny story. We um we we originally when I started that program about twelve years ago, I called it Beyond the Band Aid. Right. Uh, uh, traumatic medical training, and uh, we reached out to Johnson and Johnson because <laughs> uh, you know Band Aid is trademarked like Kleenex and Jello and stuff. Mm -hmm. And we reached out to them, and they said we're not interested at this time in relinquishing our <laughs> or, or you know letting you borrow. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, you know, we tried. So we had to. I had to take the band aid word off of the published uh, the published book, and I thought, well, I'll just throw boo boo in there. All right. So, so, so when that comes out, you guys go to uh, Student of the Gun or check it out on Amazon. Now, I want to. I want to know what this is. Oh, so I've got Paul's Instagram. Did book. you? Did you? Did you watch it? <clears throat> yeah, I watched it. I watched it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you're you're turning into quite the musician. It seems like these days. Um, this so, is what happens when I'm left unsupervised. I'm going to play this. Now, you guys won't be able to hear this, but our, our audience will be able to hear this. Um, so this is uh, Christmas Paul here. So uh, I'm just going to play it. And <laughs>
the song you're playing there? I am Santa Claus. So I don't know if you guys heard that or not, but I know our listening audience heard it. It just blew me out. Uh, it was up so loud. <laughs> so Paul's been taking guitar lessons, so, apparently. Uh, you've been playing so, for years, uh, though. The, the, well, I actually, I, it was my, my wife uh, years ago. I don't know, three, four, five years ago. Uh, I guess it was 2018. It was 2018. Jared contacted me and he said, he said, Dad, we had a good, we had a good year. We had a good quarter or whatever. And he said, I'm going to go ahead and give everybody bonuses. I'm like, rock on, check that out. Um, and so I like, like a kid, you know, I was like, what am, what am I going to do with my bonus? And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to buy myself an electric guitar. Cause like most teenagers in the eighties, I had an electric guitar. I didn't know what I was doing and I just made a lot of noise and annoyed my parents. But, uh, then I joined the Marine Corps and my electric guitar, I don't know, it stayed home and went into a garage sale or something. And for years and years and years, I, I thought about it, you know, I thought, I'd like to have one again. And then, you know, the life got in the way and I just pushed it aside. Excuses. So I used my bonus and I, I bought a guitar and it showed up at the house. My wife called me at work and she's like, why is there a huge box from Sam Ash music here? I said, that's my guitar. <laughs> it's like, you didn't ask her permission. What's, what's wrong with you? I was like, she's like, are you having a midlife crisis or something? And I'm like, no, I'm having a midlife crisis. So, I, thanks to the, uh, well, Paul, you deserve that. You deserve that because for, for our listeners who don't know, Paul, Paul kicked cancer's ass. Paul had cancer. What was it? Year before last is when you were really, it was 2019, 2019, 2019 was, uh, was battling cancer and he kicked its ass. So you, you deserve uh, to treat yourself. That was awesome. There you go. So, uh, anyway, long story short, man, I, when I was, you know, in 1985, there was no YouTube. In 1983, 84, uh, and, and I lived out in the country, and so we just kind of winged it. But today, if you're a teenager today and you have a guitar or a piano or whatever, man, there are so many good tutorial videos that are available On right YouTube? now. <laughs> there's no reason not to. On YouTube, yeah. Yeah. That, and that's so, evil. Marty, if, if you want to... The, the entire version of that video I sent you, I just sent you like the 40-second version. Yeah, yeah. It was, Zach put it up on our Student of the Gun YouTube channel. Okay. So the, the full three-minute version of that is on the... Uh, on and what the, was the song? The, Tell me the song again that you were playing. The, dun, dun, it was, that's dun, Iron dun, Man. Iron, Iron Man by who? Please tell me that you, you guys recognize that. Well, they didn't hear it. They didn't hear it. They couldn't hear it. Oh, that's right. You guys couldn't hear it. Oh, that's right. (laughs) They couldn't hear it. (laughs) They're all just sitting there. They're like, yeah, we'll just take Marty's word for it. (laughs) like, we see Paul strumming a a guitar there, so we don't don't know what it was. Um, So that's Uh, why I wanted you to say so they they would know what it was. Yeah. We're past that now. But the reason that I – another reason why I wanted you to have you on the show, Paul, is because we're going to be talking about Century Arms. We're going to talk about the history of Century Arms. We're going to be talking about – uh, the people that are behind Century Arms, we're going to be talking about their their guns, their firearms, uh, their other companies, Canic, uh, per, also pronounced Yannick in other countries, uh, and uh, Red Army Standard. Uh, and we're going to talk about that new Romanian and U.S. Palm and U.S. Palm and that new Romanian uh, AK that I think is already available. I've, I've seen it on some websites, so. 
we didn't get the exclusive here, but Andrew did make a little mention of it a, a few episodes back. But uh, we'll forget. Yeah, you I for didn't that. get an exclusive either, but okay. Yeah. So, and and you've got many, many, many years of experience with Century Arms, Paul. So I thought you'd be the perfect. Oh guest. yeah, going back to the nineties. Yeah. Going so back to the nineties. So uh, I remember when it was Century. We it went through uh, uh, some name. Adam, you you know about the name change stuff, right? The CIA, CIA Century International I. Arms. Yeah. Well, let's do Century this, Paul. Let's let Arms. let's let Adam. Adam's going to talk about the history of it, and then we'll let you pepper in, uh, you know, some some flavor there as he goes through and, and talks about the history. So, Adam. All right, do it. And we've got a lot of listener questions too. Yes, sir. Before we stop, maybe a quick transition here. I, yeah. I'm going to have to go here in a second. I don't want to log off while Adam is talking. Uh-huh. So uh, i got a hard stop on another All right, well, let's do this then. Uh, um, Sergeant Major's got to go. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time to be on, Lance. And, uh, you know, once again, give Sheepdog IA's info and anything else that you, you want to throw in. No, I, I mean, again, I just want to stop and say thank you to all of you for what uh, – you know, what, what y'all do daily and one supporting and making it possible for um, American citizens to continue maintaining a right that uh, uh, so many of us have fought for, and that's the Constitution. And the two most important to me are uh, the freedom to say what's on my mind and the, the ability to defend that right, right? So um, thank you all for just uh, continuing to champion uh, the Second Amendment in so many ways. Uh, and as you know, Veterans and first responders are, are heavy supporters of, of those rights. Uh, but also thank you for the support this year and, and what you all have done through this platform of talking about our organization, uh, giving us the ability to truly do the best that we can for our nation's veterans and first responders. So uh, I'll close out by saying again, anybody that needs us or would like to learn more, sheepdogia.org. And uh, just want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, uh, Happy New Year as we go into 2023. Uh, God bless uh, all of you and your families and uh, that talking lead family, the, the lead heads. Big thank you for everything they've done for us. And one more thing in 2023, what you guys got coming up, you got the, you got the gala, you're returning, uh, you're getting over all the COVID restrictions and everything. You guys are bringing the gala back. Yes. Uh, first time since, uh, you know, COVID kicked us all down unfortunately we are bringing uh our annual gala back uh which will be in april and uh we've got uh some really good uh line of entertainment and people that will be speaking there this year and we're excited to get back together and celebrate that's what our gala is all about is celebrating our accomplishments and uh, more importantly celebrating the men and women that we serve uh so uh, all of you are invited Obviously, uh, the four of you, we'd love to see there if you can make it. Uh, but anyone that would like to attend, uh, we sell out pretty fast. So if uh, someone out there is listening and would like to uh, make it this year, you, you'll be able to find out all the information on our website as well. Yeah, and they have some awesome auction items there. You talk about you know this BFT, uh, there's usually uh, you know five or six other awesome things there, firearms-wise. But then there's trips and... Uh, just all kinds of amazing things. You had a big vehicle one year, didn't you? Some kind of we off-road. Did. Uh, we had a chapter of ours that was, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the vehicle. It's one of those more unique uh, Some big off-road, uh, yeah, dealies. It was cool. 
it was. So we're we're excited. You know, again, as we've all experienced this COVID mess, uh, it's good to be able to get back out and spend time with human beings and uh, socialize the way we're programmed to do. And excited to celebrate. So uh, we there look forward go. to that, and we appreciate your support, Marty, as always. Well, Lance, we appreciate everything that you're doing with your organization, and uh, I'll get you two in touch uh, post show. Absolutely. Adam, Paul, thank you both. Merry Christmas. Thank you. And, uh, thank you again for the amazing support. It's made a big difference this year, and uh, we're excited to get out there and keep making good things happen. Thank you all both. Merry thank Christmas, you. and thank you. Marty, Merry Christmas. Yes, to sir. Out we'll here. be in touch. All right. Awesome, awesome gentleman right there, um, Sergeant Major Lance Nutt. He's been on the show several times before. Uh, you guys can go back to our archives, check out some of the shows that he's been on in the past where we uh, go into detail about how he started Sheepdog IA. Um, just a tremendous human being right there, so we appreciate him being on. So let's talk history of Century Arms. This, Like I was saying earlier, uh, we've had a lot of listener questions uh, for this episode uh, and you know, people are wanting to know about the history because they haven't really delved into the the actual history, how Century Arms got started, uh, and all the good juicy details. And Adam is gonna fill us in on. Yeah, that today. So I can dive in. So, in, in the words of Paul, uh, I'll try to make a long story short. But if it's like Paul, it'll be a long story longer. That's fine. Um, <laughs> we don't time this show, Adam. You get your money's worth yeah, here. That's fair. That's fair. So no, it's a really interesting story. So the the beginning of Century Arms is completely opposite of what people would assume, I think. Um, it actually started over 60 years ago in Montreal. Um, and the company was started not as a importer or a manufacturer of a firearms of any sort, but actually was a typewriter repair company. <laughs> No way. Yeah. <laughs> Typewriter Friday repair so, company. In Canada. So, so yeah, so right in Canada. Um, yeah. So it started as a local business um, in town, brick and mortar building as everything was back then. And it was all about, it was a community typewriter company. Um, and they manufactured, or they didn't manufacture, so they, they repaired and refurbished typewriters. And obviously typewriters at the time were, you know, the predominant, predominant level of communication for type. We were joking earlier, I was holding up a magazine and Paul said, you know, what is that? But back then print was everything. Um, and it was a small business in a small town that uh, like a lot of businesses that did back then, the barter system was still a major part of the community. And we had a guy come in and he had two typewriters that needed some work done to him, but he didn't have money to pay for him at the time. Well, being that it was a community, you know, the business was still agreed upon and the offer was made, hey, do you have anything you'd like to trade for the services rendered? So the guy says, well, I have these two old rifles. Um, and he brought in two Mosin Nagants and, uh, <laughs> and said, you know, what can I get for these? And so, I, I don't know. Well, let's see what we can get for these. So not thinking that they were going to be these hot, hot items. Um, the owners of the company put out an ad in the local paper saying, hey, we have these two rifles. If you would like to buy them, come by the store. That was back when in Canada where firearms were legal. Yeah, like, well, yeah. that's a whole other rabbit hole we're not going down <laughs> yeah. right now, right? Right, um, yeah. But yeah, so 
Uh, that just shows you how far ago, how long ago that was. Yeah. But I mean, this this conversation we had about a year ago, yeah. and that would still be relevant. But you know, Thanks that's the, so um, put them up in the paper, and then also put them in the storefront. Uh, put them in the storefront. Put them window in the window. Set, awesome. Set for sale, and so next thing you know, uh, a guy comes in and says, "I'll take them both," and said, "Oh, did you see the ad?" He said, "No, I saw them in the window. I want them, so bought them." Bought them both. And then the phone starts ringing. And, <laughs> hey, I saw you have these two rifles for sale. How much do you want for them? This, this, this. And the phone just kept ringing. Sorry, they're already sold. And so they said, well, maybe we're on to something. So then they put an ad in the paper saying, hey, if you have some rifles you know, from an estate sale or anything like that that you might want to sell, we'd be interested in buying them. And next thing you know, business started to pick up there. Then they said, well, maybe there's some stuff we could do from local police departments, from importing, you know, things like that, some small deals. Next thing you know, it is the business. And the typewriter business is actually no longer uh, so relevant. What, what was the, the name? What was the name of the typewriter company? Do you, do you know? I, I believe it was Century. Um, I it was but I, I, honestly, it was such a small part of the history that it's not even something that I know. I <laughs> can find out, but off the top of my head, I don't. That is um, a great a great story. I love that. I did not know that. that is yeah, and so then, obviously, as local estate sales became less and less prevalent because a lot of it had already happened, and people that had you know, a couple firearms in their closet but didn't want them or have interest in them or didn't really know what they had or wanted to keep them, yeah. as that business sort of slowed down, Century started really getting invested in going after importing <laughs> stuff, whether it be you know surplus items or mainly surplus and surplus stocks from around the country, around the world. Uh, this became their prevalent business. What so, year was this? This was this was like sixty five years ago. Like sixty five years ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. right. Sixty five years ago. So that would be what do the math. Um, sixty five years ago. Then, that that uh, yeah. that's plenty as, as plenty good grow, math for me. <laughs> And as you know, as importation became a little more, a little more um, intricate to navigate, uh, it became obvious that they were going to have to move the business to the United States. Um, so they moved right across the border into Vermont, and have had facilities in Vermont uh, for over fifty years now. Um, and we still actually have an office in Montreal. Um, it's becoming tougher and tougher to do business, as you can imagine, with sure. things the current way they are. But we do still have an office there. Um, but we, our main logistics and manufacturing facility is run out of Georgia, Vermont, which you'll notice on the stampings of all of our guns. Um, and an, uh, another key factor here uh, you haven't mentioned, this is a family-owned and, and operated business. Yeah, it is. so it's a family-owned business. Um, they all still work directly in the uh, in the industry. They all still work for the company. Um, everything from you know the day-to-day -day operations to you know as we like you mentioned as we expand into these other lines, uh, some of the family is focusing more on things like U.S. Palm, Canic. But yes, it is a family-owned and operated business, yeah. which is very exciting. Um, so yeah, so we we that's interesting. To go there. I love, yeah. I love that story. So the reason I asked about the the name of of the typewriter company is it would be great if you guys did like a you know an homage to the old name and named one of your you know your rifles after him. Call it maybe the typewriter or something. I, I don't, is there a gun already called the typewriter? 
that has that Chicago typewriter was the uh, the the nickname for the Thompson. That's the right. Tommy, That's right. Tommy Gun has that, but that has it has it for a very different reason. You right. know what I mean? Oh yeah. Mean, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so it's been it's been a crazy story. Um, at that point, obviously, importation was everything for Century, and for many many years, even coming into what is much more recent, uh, importation was everything. Being you know, they were the guys that had. These, like we said, even most of the gods, even you know, um, you know, the C three hundred eight, all kinds of things, the Wasser, the Dracos, all of these have been uh, rather either surplus deals or deals they have made with uh, foreign manufacturers to produce new, but first time seen in the United States product to be sold to the American consumer, and it's been something that's grown. Um, and, and to the point where Century Arms for many, many years was one of the only and absolutely the leader in imported firearms into the United States. Uh, millions and millions of, of freedom uh, devices brought into this country. Freedom through, sticks, yeah. Uh, through, yeah, through Century Arms. And, and like, like Paul made a mention to, there's been some, some name changes or, or some... Uh, modifications to the name uh, CIA was Century, Century International Arms, uh, which is still in relevance uh, for certain import and export deals. Uh, Century Arms, and then there's been the additions of some brands. So Red Army Standard is the imported ammunition line that is everything from you know the traditional 7.62 by 39 to 8 millimeter, 9 millimeter, 5.56, 308, uh, 7.62 by 54R. Um, all kinds of these unique, uh, unique uh, calibers that Century has brought in through the Red Army Standard line. Um, even which, yeah, exactly, right there. Um, they've had what you, was the traditional red box uh, that was, you know, synonymous with imported ammunition for many, many years. It's still there, and then the white box, which was going to be uh, a little bit more. Uh, focused on range ammo and, you know, the affordability, especially as times got tight the last couple of years in ammunition prices. Uh, that was kind of what the white box was designed to meet the market of. So, yeah, it's been a really cool story with Red Army. Then they were able to acquire U.S. Palm for the accessories line, uh, you know, AK Grips, AK Magazines, as you say there, uh, U.S. Palm mags come with every Century Arms AK that goes out now. Um, obviously, they have their standalone website. The grips are the ergonomical design of the grips is you know widely regarded as one of the best um, platform grips for the AK out there, and that's instantly hey. recognizable just when you grab the gun. So the U.S. the U.S. Palm, you guys obviously you didn't start U.S. Palm, you acquired U.S. Palm. And you know you're doing the awesome magazines. I love the you know the waffle style magazines right. that they have, and the the grips. You know I like the grips. I was uh, just introduced to those I guess last year with your grips. Um, but yeah, I mean as far as the the ergonomics, the feel, the grip that you've got on them, uh, you know they're nice. They they've got a nice feel to them definitely. Right, and you know U.S. Palm was a brand that developed a huge cult following far before the acquisition by Century Arms because of the quality of the product and their, you know, kind of their message, their intent to have a quality product at a price that the blue collar uh, firearms enthusiasts could afford. And when they were when Century Arms acquired the brand, uh, not only did they acquire the brand, they acquired the technical data package 
and we're fortunate enough to bring one of the creators, one of the founders of U.S. Palm on um, in a management role, and he's still with us today, um, to ensure that the quality and the design of U.S. Palm stayed true to what the brand message was originally. And I think that's really why the success of the brand has continued to grow, is because this truly is based off of a you know, company mission that was to create high-quality stuff at affordable pricing, and it's it's just been gangbusters for us. So it's been really exciting. And then finally, like the last and probably the biggest uh, partnership that has been on yeah on the side of the Century team is the uh, acquisition of the distribution rights for Canic. Uh, and and Canic was the partnership started in 2012 with Century Arms and Canic over a handshake at Shot Show. Um, and you know how that is. A lot of handshakes happen at shots. And I bet it wasn't on the floor either. I bet it was after hours at one of the bars. Because <laughs> that's actually, where... <laughs> ironically, it was on the floor. It was the start. Was it really? Out. Okay. But it, it, let's be honest. A lot more has grown with the Canic brand at the after hours at the Circle Bar and yeah. things like that. Like know? this design right here that I'm showing uh, on the screen. The, the, here. the Miami. What days, in the, Miami the world? Say, yeah, that wasn't. That was that was probably a circle bar. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's probably definitely a circle bar uh, design there, but I love it. That's awesome. It's got the yeah. U- you got the U.S. Palm tree on it, right? US you palm, know, so palm tree. Century and Canic they started in 2012. Canic was um, not brand new, but definitely struggling to get a real foothold in the U.S. market. They were a quality product, but at that time they were still okay. looking to find their own identity. Like truly, what was Canic and what was their place in the market? And through Hello. the insight that Century was able to provide, through the amazing partners we have, both as customers um, and then influencers and advisors like Paul and others, we were able to really create a niche for Canic that has grown from just being a cool price point gun to something that quite frankly rivals uh, all the competitors out there in terms of not only quality, reliability, durability, but also still the price. Um, And Canic has just grown. I mean, when the partnership started, the expectations for the for the the volume were very low um, in terms of what volume would. And to say it's exceeded that, you know, 50 times over would be uh, would be still be an understatement. So it's been a fun ride. Canic just won Handgun of the Year uh, with the rival. 2022 Handgun of the Year for both uh, in, uh, ICA, Industry Choice Awards, as well as Ballistics Best, full-size Handgun of the Year. Um, okay. And I was showing a picture of the new uh, Miami Days. Canic, let me bring yes, my screen back that. up. Which, that, is uh, per- that is pretty cool. It, it, you know, and, and the cool thing about Canic that I think is allowed for there to be such a fan following is not only are we uh, listening to what the consumer wants in terms of, obviously, the trigger on the Canic is something that we're very, very proud of, to then even the different styles of our trigger, you know, the standard curved to a flat 90-degree break aluminum diamond cut trigger on the rival uh, to the different styles of pistol to include aesthetics like this while we understand this gun isn't for everybody there's nothing wrong in our opinion with having a personality behind your passion and firearms to a huge percentage of american population is not only a lifestyle it's a passion 
It is a way that we express ourselves. And if you want to have something that's loud and fun, as long as you are still safe with it and still responsible with your ownership, we think there's nothing wrong with it. It's not going to be every gun that we And there's not anything wrong with it, you know? And and I think the fact when people realize or companies started showing that you can, you know, you can personalize your firearms to make them yours and, you know, more relatable to you, I think that just helped increase the sales of them as well. And it's, it's yeah, it has a wider reach, it has a wider appeal, and I think that's important yeah. as we want to continue to educate uh, Americans and educate the world, frankly, on uh, the positive benefits of, of fire, firearms ownership. Yeah. I think it is important to understand that not everybody wants a brown gun or a black gun. Right. Or, it's just like you know, cars, people. you know. It's just like automobiles. It's just exactly. like it's just like shoes. I mean, look at look at shoes in the variety of colors and shapes and materials that you know that they're made out of you know everybody's different everybody likes a little something something different and you know the boring old bland fde or you know black um you know people get tired of that after a while and you know this this miami days really really takes it to the next level and it also shows the not only the uh, you know how comfortable you guys are with your brand, but the success that you can you can come out with something like this because a company just starting out is not going to come out with a you know this kind of a, a color design on their gun. But I dig it, man. Oh, I think it's awesome. A traditional company would not a uh, a, you know, a, a traditional boardroom country or a company uh, would never do that because they'd have to get twelve people around a table to all agree on it, and none of them would. Yeah. And and that and I think that's the thing is obviously Canik is a, is a very large company and Canik USA is you know now an official company that we've got some uh, ground has been broken is all what I'll say now on some very new and innovative um, facilities that yeah. are going to take Canik to the next level in the United States. Um, so we're really excited to, con- to continue to work on that and then announce it officially. Um, but yeah, the Canic brand has really pushed Century on the evolution side as well and on the product development. It's kind of what we were talking about earlier with the BFT-47. Um, you know, the Visca was a fantastic product, but with the consumer asking for more, um, the level of intensity that has gone into the development of the Canic brand uh, kind of spurred the level of development that went into the BFT-47 um, and then went into the level of intensity that went into going out and finding other quality products uh, to, with the import capability like the AP-5. We were talking about that. Yeah, the AP-5. Too, you know? I mean, it's it's every guy out there, every shooter out there that is even slightly familiar with firearms platforms or is slightly familiar with movies or video games has always wanted to at least shoot, if not own, an MP5, a roller delayed blowback firearm. They're just once you shoot it once, you understand how awesome. It's just because you want to slap, fact, it. you know, you just want to slap. You gotta have the slap, you know. And and the fact that that Century Arms. Look at here, was, he's got one here for our video. You audience. know, just this is this is how you know you work in a gun office when you know when you can just rock and roll. He just in your did office the slap. Paperweights, <laughs> yeah. But the fact that we were able to work with the MKE facility out of Turkey, which is licensed by HK to run products off of original HK machinery with the original technical data package with the same metallurgy to come out with a version of the HK manufactured MP5 at a third of the price is something that really spoke, speaks to uh, 
the level of development in terms of our importation relationships, our pricing structure, uh, understanding what is the U.S. market. And it's been incredibly exciting to not only build off the, the AK platform, uh, both on imports and domestically manufactured product, but also outside of that as well, like the AP5. Uh, let's do this. Paul, do you have anything to add to that? You want to chime in on anything? Uh, go to listener no, questions. Ditto. Now, now the uh, there's a lot of good stuff coming out of uh, coming out of Canic, and you know the fact of the matter is I I've been carrying uh, a TP9 since the original SA. Um, SA. Actually, I, I had one of the original the original TP9s. You remember the the dolphin guns? I've yeah, we had the dolphin, guns. we had the shark, we had the stingray, all kinds of these very yeah, I, very I uh, the, old the original dolphin gun. Uh, and then I, I started carrying the essay, uh, the original essay, and shot the ever living crap out of that gun, and was uh, was very very pleased with it. And, and the evolution of of the company is obvious when you look at these pistols. You know the the essay was fantastic. It was rugged, but it had proprietary sights and a proprietary sighting system. And so what did they do? They're like, okay, well we'll modify that and we'll make it so that the sights are a little larger and that they can be changed if, if need be, what have you. And there was a lot of things that went into the, the improvement of the model to the fact, you know, uh, now, like for, I'll give you a great, for instance, the, uh, the original uh, optic-ready Canic pistols, you had to take off a plate, what, what? which included the rear sight. And some people are like, ah, I don't care. It doesn't make, make a difference to me. And then other people are like, no, I still want the rear sight to be on there. So what did they do? You know, with the, uh, with the TP9 Elite and with the Mete, uh, like no, you can you just remove the plate, put the put it on there, and you're good to go. And with the uh, with the SFT, which I really like, and I and I did a torture test on it, and we we've been been running that gun for a long time. Is the fact that uh, that you can direct mount uh, the uh, the optics to it? Uh, it's super durable. It's just people, quite frankly, Adam. People are so spoiled. Yeah, the, the consumer, if you're a consumer out there, I'm going to tell you, you might not know it, but you are one spoiled SOB uh, compared to what was available 20 years ago and compared to today. It, it's you, you can't go wrong. You really can't. And, you know, you're 100% right. I mean, the fact of the matter is that that while... A lot of people might be surprised. Earlier, I mentioned other companies that are manufacturing AKs out there that aren't Century Arms. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is that ultimately we're all in this together, and ultimately, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats, and we need that as the American consumer. We want. We want there to be a hunger for your business. We want there to be the companies out there just not sitting on their laurels. You want to see people out there constantly developing new things, constantly pushing to provide product that you do want so that you're not just left, well, this is all that's out there. You don't not necessarily like it, but you got to take it. So we, like you said, it's not just here's what I have to offer, either buy it or shut up. Now it's what do you want? Let us work hard to get there. And I think we're seeing in the firearms community, we're seeing options and variables that, like you said, are revolutionary. Um, I mean, for instance, Marty, you were talking about it earlier. It looks very similar to the BFT, but this is actually stand a by. Brand let me new, let me bring this back up. There we go. Yeah, no worries. This is actually a brand new imported uh, model we're bringing now. This is the CGR rifle. 
So this one's actually coming out of Kujir as well. Yeah, we bring it back up. Yeah, keep this that up there for a minute. Out. Yeah. It's actually coming out of Kujir as well, out of the factory right next to the original factory. You can't really see it in here, but you can, I'm sure you can show some so later. But it's coming out of the Nova factory, which is actually right next door to the Kujir factory uh, that we've brought the Dracos and the Wazers out of for many, many years. Um, nice. The reality is that the same workers work at both. They'll work at shift at one. They go over and work at this shift at the next, <laughs> next factory over. So we were able to provide... Uh, a quality manufactured imported AK to meet an excess in demand that was for imported guns um, just by creating another partner. I, I don't want to hold We're going to talk about day. the part. I want to, since you've got it up, let's talk about, let's talk about the, the, the features of the, the CGR now that you got it. I thought we were going to save it for later, but let's do it now. We're talking yeah, I mean, about it. Talk. So like you said, the, the traditional lines and the traditional aspects of an imported AK, you know, bayonet lug, cleaning rod, uh, something interesting. The coating on this is just fantastic. It is it is a very um, durable coating that has that kind of that sexy sheen to it um, that you don't get to see on a lot of AKs anymore. Um, obviously, you've got a forged barrel now. The the trunnion is that durable forged trunnion that you're looking for. Something interesting on this is a lot of people want you know the optics capability on an AK, and for many many years the only only way to do that was to have the little side mount here that then you could attach and have it hang over the top of the dust cover. What's interesting about this is people started saying, all right, well, we'll put a Picatinny rail on top of it. But with we, as we know, if you've ever shot an AK, you don't necessarily have that stable platform on a traditional dust cover because it's rattling all around. An AK is violent. An AK's tolerances are not like an AR's at all. And that's it's good. That's what makes it durable is because... It is this violent controlled explosion every time you pull the trigger. What they did to mitigate some of that instability is this is actually a hinged dust cover. So when you pop it up, it actually stays functioning, but it stays stationary, which is going to give you a little bit more of that, that point of control. So when you're trying to hold zero with your optic on an AK, it gives you more stability, which is something that is, you know, the traditional uh, manufacturers from across the sea manufacturing AKs but still following on some of that innovation that comes with realizing what the consumer wants, what the consumer needs, as optics have started to uh, put out what is their traditional iron sights. And I know some people are going to say, hey, iron sights, batteries never run out. That's 100% accurate. But if you can also have something that have, allows you to have that quick acquisition, uh, that amplified um, uh, target distance in terms of magnification, mm -hmm. why wouldn't you use it if it's out there, if it's something that works for you? So it's really neat right. to see even the imported versions adopting to what we now know as as a, a positive way to run your gun now these the trigger group is it the original romanian trigger group this is so yeah so on these we were able obviously with 922r compliance there has to be a certain number of points that uh that are accepted that are changed into american components in order to be imported and then sold to the consumer we were able to uh use different different products different parts here to, to check those boxes and still have the original trigger on it. But that's not the same. I mean, that's preference. Sure. The rack one trigger that is on the majority of Century Arms AKs is a really quality trigger. And if you never shot it, I, I suggest you do, even if it's just go to a range and borrow somebody's or, or, or more likely get one. But uh, it's a great trigger too. So, But this just has that imported trigger if you want to be a more of a traditionalist in that sense. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are really going to dig that bayonet lug too because that's been you know a, a want for a lot of the 
the uh, AK yeah. enthusiasts out there. Um, yeah, so so it's, it's, it's beautiful it's, it's rifle. Exciting to see. Yeah, it's exciting to see that not only are the American manufactured AKs uh, being so widely accepted because we are meeting what the consumer demand was, but now there's even more options in terms of imported AKs for those who are more traditionalists on that side. Uh, that all of these options are available through Century Arms. And the CGR is available for sale now. Um, it is. Uh, you can go to Atlantic Arms, Firearms. I know they've got it. Um, there's probably several other places. Um, but um, Yeah, and for more information on it, you're welcome to go to our website. You know, CenturyArms.com has a whole page dedicated to the CGR rifle, as well as all of our platforms from the Wazer to the Dracos uh, to, you know, everything that we, we are known for. And obviously the Dracos, I'll give you one more tidbit. You want a piece of breaking information? I'll give you a piece of breaking information. Yes. Here you go. (laughs) You are literally the first people in the country that will know this. Uh, Everybody else will find this out at SHOT Show. So uh, one of the biggest things that AK enthusiasts around the country love them or hate them, people know Dracos. And Dracos, for what they are, uh, they have a pop cultural uh, side to them that has become synonymous with with the cool factor, but then they also make a hell of a truck gun. They really do. I mean, you know, a, a little micro Draco, oh, uh, throw a brace size. on it. Yeah. Well, backpack SBR, gun, goes right in your backpack. Heck yeah. Exactly. Um, but we know that the Dracos are a tough one, not only to find at the dealer, but for us, they're even tougher to import and especially keep up with volume. So what we were able to do, we were able to work with the factory. We were able to work with our engineering team and at SHOT Show, we will be de- debuting the very first Micro Draco U.S. manufactured. Micro Draco from the U.S. Nice. So it'll be a U.S. manufactured Micro Draco to the original technical data package with the original furniture. So it'll still have all of the aesthetic look oh and the operational capacity. I hope at- you're ready to like shut down production of everything else and, and just make those because that's all anybody's going to want. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be crazy. And, you know, dealers and consumers across the country are always saying, hey, I can't find them. I wish I get more. Well, we're going to supply the demand. And who better to do it with the people that made the Draco famous in the first place? Absolutely. That's huge. That's huge. That, I wasn't expecting that news. Merry Christmas, Leadheads. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Just don't tell anybody. Keep it quiet, Leadheads. Uh, they, want, they want it to be a surprise at SHOT Show. Too late. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah, Let's go to. You can't hit anything with those. Do what? I said, yeah, but you can't hit anything with those. <laughs> hit everything you aim at. All right. You know, uh, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Those are designed. I, and I, and I'll, I've seen some pretty cool trick shots. I've seen people hit and steal four or 500 yards with them. Obviously, like you said, it's it's the same premise as a micro compact pistol. You know, it's it's a gun that is going to be used at a closer distance it is a gun that you know has a certain purpose for a certain reason in terms of the advantages that come with its concealability and if you're going to take in those factors then you also have to take in the factors of what is going to be used for and you're right you're, you're probably not as easily hitting targets at 200 yards but if something is 20, 20 yards ahead of you you better be damn sure it's going to cqb stop baby it's for cqb no no, you know I'm breaking balls because I'm I'm being I'm being Mr. Consumer. No, the, the when when the original one came out, the not this one here, but the uh, oh, what's it was a, it was called the micro, but it wasn't a micro Draco. It was the micro. Told me out. I know what you're talking uh, about. The, yeah. the previous, the previous, the one previous to this. Right. And uh, I've got one of those, and I was shooting steel pepper poppers at 100 yards with it. And right. Not a problem. 
They're like, I, yeah, AKs are not accurate. Shut up. You're not accurate. You know what you're talking about. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Shut up. You're not accurate. But I digress. Oh, oh, yeah, like, so here's a, a, for our, okay. our viewing audience. We have the the mini Draco, a little picture of it, what you can maybe expect. I don't know, are you going to have any different features? Um, so, we'll, yeah, no, so we'll have we'll have a mini eventually. We'll have a micro. But the micro is the best-selling one, which is actually the next smaller version than this one. Um, but as you can see, the MSRP on these has drastically grown over the years. And that yeah. isn't oh. just because of the popularity of them. It's genuinely because, like you said, we're at the mercy of the manufacturer. And that manufacturer is, you know, halfway across the world. If you keep scrolling down... There you go, there right there. So that's the micro. So it's at the mercy of the manufacturer. They say, hey, listen, this is the new price. Either you want it or we'll find somebody else. Um, while it's great and they have a quality product that we absolutely want, we want to be able to control our own destiny and be able to keep a level of consistency to the consumer. And that's what we're going to be able to do when we manufacture this in the United States. So we're really excited not only to bring the quality and the popularity of the gun uh, in-house, but also then... Uh, be able to control that price and make sure the consumer can get it at a, at a price that everybody so can So can we expect the price to come down for the U.S. made? Is that what we're Absolutely. Absolutely. This one is being designed with the intention of having it at a more uh, more approachable price. Yeah, and you won't see this as often out of stock. You know, I think it's still going to be very popular. I think we're going to struggle mm-hmm. to meet demand on a regular basis. Yeah. But I, let's just say it, the, the level of volume that will be more readily available will definitely increase. Founded in 2012, IWIUS is the USA-based subsidiary of Israel Weapon Industries Limited of Ramat Hasharon, Israel. The IWIUS line of products includes the Tavor X95, the Uzi Pro pistol and SMG, the Galil Ace line of firearms, and the belt-fed Negev line of light machine guns. IWI's mission is to bring the highest quality firearms with real world proven reliability to the U.S. commercial and law enforcement market. IWI U.S. are proud sponsors of the Talking Lead AK Corner and the Lead Head Brigade. Check us out at www.iwi.us and on social media under IWI U.S. Now, will this, um, by you doing the U.S. made versions of this is this going to eliminate the importation of the no 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 just as to? just as we have you know like we said the bft 47 which is an american we still have the wasser relationship we now have the cpr relationship uh the dracos no we're going to continue our partnerships because there's ultimately demand for everything and everybody has a little bit different flavor profile that they prefer yeah. so why not offer them all and we didn't talk about the price point on the cgrs um do you do you have the msrp yes. i mean i can so go to atlantic the Wassers now have creeped up to about a thousand dollars. Is where you're seeing Wassers uh, somewhere anywhere between nine hundred thousand. You're you're able to see. I know it's crazy, but the, uh, the CGR rifle uh, is is retailing pretty much everywhere across the country under eight hundred bucks, which is a very very strong price for an imported AK that has all of the features that have become synonymous with an imported AK. Yeah, I, I think the demand for these are going to go up too. They're going to st- start probably see that price creep up, so you probably should get them now. <laughs> Well, if so, if so, that's not that's not on Century, you know. No, that's not you guys. That's yeah. that's the aftermarket. Oh no, that's the uh, that's the yeah. the Taylor Swift effect. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. I feel like she just she just had a pimple pop up. The fact that her and guns were mentioned in the same sentence. Oh, I hope so. I hope uh, I caused some sort of so. ulcer on her little lady. So. It's funny you mentioned you said the price points are right around eight hundred bucks. Uh, with Atlantic's got them for seven seventy five. Guess what? Uh, 
be the the cheaper than <laughs> Nine hundred and thirty bucks. A che- yeah, cheaper <laughs> than dirt. Who is still? Who is still supporting them? Oh man! I don't know. We're not going to talk about that. Don't, we don't talk trash people about don't people. Don't know any better. We don't talk dirt about dirt. So, um, yeah. so let's do this. Let's go to listener questions. And while I'm doing no, that, you I'm ask your. I wanted to. Say, I wanted to say a thing, but I'll just shut up. No, you do that while I'm pulling up the questions. I don't think you wanted okay. to say this thing. <laughs> okay. No, I know. I do want to say a Good thing. Good thing I, I can edit. Thing. Actually, uh, one of the you – know, we've been talking about this actually um, for a little while now. But one of the smartest things you guys did recently or in, in combination with the Draco people is the 9S uh, with the, the Scorpion magazines. You know, partnering with uh, with the Magpul guys making the Magpul Scorpion magazines. and right. It just – and and I, I'm not telling you anything new, but I'm telling the audience it just looks right. The NAC nine works. The NAC nine works perfectly fine. It's a hundred percent reliable gun, but it doesn't have the sweep. It doesn't have the AK forward sweep. Uh, and let you know, let's face it, Americans are aesthetic people. What about and, uh, uh, what about the five? Uh, you know the the five four five. Yeah, it's not swept. It's straight mag. I agree with Paul, though. You know, I get where you're coming from, Marty, but I 100%. I mean, the Draco 9S is definitely an example of Century listening to what the consumer wanted. The Glock mag at the time, when the gun came out, the Glock mag was far more predominant in the market. It was much more readily available. Um, So it it served the purpose when it came out. But as, as the pistol caliber carbine has grown, or as this case, an actual pistol, um we recognized that there was a demand for a couple different things. Obviously, optics became hugely important. So there's that hinged dust cover, as we were talking about before, on the optic, mm-hmm. on, the, on the pick rail. There is a Scorpion mag now, which really adds the aesthetics of it. And the Scorpion mags are readily available now, thanks to Magpul. And yeah. the, the price on them is readily available as well. I think they're like 25 bucks. They're not crazy, you know, for a... For, and it's a 33-round mag, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, I think yeah. I even have one. I have one sitting around here somewhere, but and another cool feature on it, it's got a last round bolt hold open, which has got some that's pretty cool that ha- we ha- you don't really traditionally see on an AK. Um, with so a last round bolt hold open on this gun, and it's a light shooting gun. It's just a lot of fun to shoot. And, oh, they're they're tremendous. Yeah, they're Those great. So I really appreciate, and that's a new offering. That's yet another example of Century Arms saying, "Hey, let's continue to provide the consumer with something they want." And this is an imported gun, um, so it has that importation. Uh, that's exactly what this is, too. You know, and that's kudos to you guys for offering something to because you didn't have to. You didn't have to go to the to the links to to offer this because the you know the the regular NAC nine was was just fine and great, and people loved it, and it was selling great. Um, you didn't have to do this, but you did, and yeah, and, and you know we could have gone the easy route and just said, all right, well, let's change it, the change the compatibility to a Scorpion mag. But they said, hey, if we're gonna do this, let's add some other features that people want to, and that is that hinge dust cover with the pick rail. Yeah. That is the last round bolt holding feature. Those are some of these. That, I mean, you got the the sling swivel on the back, which can easily be removed to mount a brace. You, uh, you can SBR this and easily mount that you know little pick rail there to then have a stock. Uh, there's tons of things you can do to this gun to really, like I said, customize it. And it's it's. thank you for calling that out, Paul, because we've been very excited about this as well. And it's just one of the new things that you can find uh, that Century is bringing to the market. There you go. Yes, indeed. All right, let's do the listener, right, listener questions. Listener questions. 
Um, so I made a post, and as usual, you guys just flooded to it. We've got tons and tons of questions, and we may have already answered some of these, but uh, I'm just going to start here with FPS Murdoch. Um, and he says, what country originated the AK Dong lower handguard and why? Paul, do you know that? Oh, was it one of the Soviet blocks? Soviet blocks? It's one of the former Soviet ones. Uh, we talked about that um, during the, the underfolder, the side. The we touched on it, but I don't know if we actually talked yeah, about it. Yeah, we touched on it. Um, where, where it was from. I can't remember. Is it Bulgaria? We'll come back it, to that it's, one. It's, we'll yeah, let, it, but they, it's weird because the, the pistol grip and the dong, well, they, they look they're identical. They just were pointed in different directions. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. angle of the dangle, you know. I've seen yeah. a ton of information about it, obviously being Romanian. You know, the Romanian AKs had a ton of... Uh, you know, dong furniture available. That's still you can see that there. But you know, that's a, I think that's an absolutely great question. I want to kind of cheat and Google it, but who knows even if that's correct? You but know what, Adam? That would be a great one for us to pick up in season five of the Talking Lead AK Corner. I see what you did there. I see, see what, what you did, did there? there. That would be yeah. a great topic. Uh, we could probably do a whole show on it. Um, <laughs> on the dong. On the dong. <laughs> so, next one, uh, uh, PPRN. He's got several here. Um, what does the future of American-made AKs look like for Century Arms? I think we kind of went into that uh, already a little bit. Is there anything else you want to add to that? Well, you know, I think we can answer uh, that question and the question below it. Any plans Pretty. for a two two three caliber AK? <laughs> so, you know, we know that two things. One, 7.62 by 39 isn't as readily available in terms of ammunition as it was five years ago. And, you know, until U.S. manufacturers really start to embrace the caliber as a viable caliber to produce in volume, it's going to continue to be tougher. Um, but people love the AK caliber or the AK platform. So why not chamber it in a caliber that's reliable, uh, you know, the 223556 uh, calipers that is also reliable and price point effective. Mm -hmm. So... Let's just say they should definitely stay tuned to what we have at SHOT Show this year because um, Could be more we understand dropping. that 223 and 556 AKs are a lot of fun to shoot. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I oh, like that. Man. You hear that? You, you hear that whirring sound? That You hear that? What is that? That's James Yeager rolling over in his grave. <laughs> People, Yeager. stop asking for things that stop. Just stop. <laughs> trying to keep pushing Russian, the limits Russian, keep pushing the limits. Russian cartridges with Russian guns American cartridges with American guns there's a reason why the AK round by the 762 by 39 and also the 545 by 39 there's a reason that that cartridge is designed the way it is there's a reason it works so well in the AK it's not a straight cartridge on purpose Stop asking for things that you don't need. Just embrace it and move on. Don't listen to Paul. Say, well, they, Keep asking. Like, ah, I mean, don't listen to Paul. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, stop. Keep See, asking. I, love, I, I think, Paul, I think you're 100% right that obviously things were designed to fit. Sir. You know, you don't put, 
you don't put a boat motor in a Corvette and expect it to run the same way. But with that being said, but people do put Corvette motors in boats. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, was I was literally going to say that. Sometimes it works. It's it's a mutant when it does, but sometimes it works. And I think that as a gun manufacturer, I think it is our responsibility to hear what the consumer wants and at least give it an honest try. And I think that's oh, yeah. what we're well now. then, yeah. But here's yeah, nail you, nail on the head. I, I, I it's it's your job to sell people stuff. It's my job to teach people how to use stuff. And the 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 two two three AK has been around for a long, 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 long time. Uh, the problem with it is number one, magazines. Two two three magazines for AKs never either a they're crazy expensive, or or b they're cheap and they don't work. Uh, that's reality. And, yeah, the feeding issues with yeah, AK hey, mags. And Paul, are you would you would be a multi-millionaire over again if you would design. And a five a five five six curved magazine. <laughs> it, it, it's, you, you can't. It doesn't work. You Sorry, can do you it. Want one that works. Okay, you, stop. you get with Brian. Get with Brian. You the, guys can do it. The the Galil. You you want you want a a an AK clone that works. There you go. Get a Galil. There you go. But. Since your arms have solved that problem, they're coming out with one. So just wait till shot. Easy killer. Easy killer. Wait till shot show. <laughs> maybe, maybe they are. We're All right. Next really question. Cool things. We're next, excited. Next like question. That, anytime it takes, it takes trial. It takes uh, learning from what you're doing. It takes feedback, and you know. We're it takes fearlessness is what it takes. Not listening to the naysayers like Paul and going and doing something that they say can't be done. That's what I don't it think takes. He said he, I, I, he's not saying it shouldn't be done. Yes, he is. This is exactly what he's saying. <laughs> I think he's saying he's saying why. But you know what? Why not ask why? So, yeah. So All that's right. our answer on that. Next question. Mustang Perry says, might be a little late, but what are the odds the 545 AKs come back around in popularity with a few manufacturers starting to make ammo? Question mark. Are there other limitations that I'm not aware of? Thanks for another amazing season. And great guests and sponsors, Mustang Perry. Paul, get in there. Five four five AK. Five four five AK is, despite what the the naysayer said, and ammo. In over in in Afghanistan, uh, and they call that the poison bullet. The five four five by thirty nine is a tremendous cartridge, and Americans are too stupid to embrace it. Uh, Century did a really good job probably 10 plus years ago. Uh, I've got a Wasser 2. And what was the other one? It wasn't called the Wasser 2. It had the purple, the plum furniture on it. What was the specific designation? Remember Are you that talking one, about 545 or a 223? Yeah, five, four, the 545 with the, with the plum, the original plum furniture. Oh, I know. The Wasser, I can find it. Give me a second. Yeah. But go ahead. Well, they... Anyway, so they did a Century did a fantastic job. They did they they brought one in. It had the plum furniture. It was five four five by thirty nine. And they said, "Hey, America, look at this gun that we have." I've been shooting the five four five for I don't know fifteen sixteen years or more, whatever. It's a tremendous cartridge. They did that. They brought it in. They they offered it to America, and Americans, being who they are, went meh, and so. You got to go with what the consumer's doing. If the cons- if you bring them a gun, and they don't want it, then you say, "All right, moving on," and that's what happened. Uh, and 
all of you guys out there who love 545s, I'm with you, brothers, but your neighbors are retarded, and they don't appreciate the value of that. And so it, it's like pushing a rock up a hill. You know, you, 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 how do you convince people to get out of their own way and embrace something good? It's, it's tough. And then, of course, we had Comrade Barry, who signed a piece of executive legislation to screw us over. Uh, and that whole thing that Comrade Barry did, that was, that was smoke and mirrors, and it was, that executive order was designed, the 7 to screw American gun owners. Like, oh, you guys want to vote for Republicans? You want to be conservative? You wanna, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to screw you. Um, All right, let's move on. Public safety. Let's move on. So, yeah, the 545 uh, by 39 is a fantastic cartridge uh, if, if you can get one. The reality, and I, I can surmise this real quick, Marty, is okay. the biggest thing is this, is there is a lot of opportunity to both import and manufacture AKs in a number of different calibers. But with the time it takes to work through the licensing and the deals to import or the engineering and the manufacturing processes to make it, there's a lot of money that goes behind that. And with that money, obviously, drives cost. Mm. But if we release something and it doesn't sell because as much as the 10 people that are on the forum that say we really want it, there's another 90 that wanted traditional AK in 7.62 by 39. So does it actually fiscally make sense to manufacture it? And that's something we're having to constantly weigh because the reality is, is that so many people are just traditionalists in terms of 7.62 by 39. While it seems really exciting to have a 545 or a 223 AK, how many people are actually gonna buy it? And are we going, we're still a business. And in order to keep going and keep making amazing things for the American consumer, we have to be profitable. And if if the demand's not there ultimately, then we can't move forward with the project. There you go. I gotta Did ask you come this. Up with the name for that? No, go ahead. Where that model was? The, the, I haven't the, yet. No. Oh, okay. I, I start it. lagging out anytime I try to get on the interwebs right now. Russia. So gotcha. I gotta, I gotta ask Adam for our video audience. Uh, you've got the Alpha Delta Romeo there behind you, and there's this sword. Is that is that a gun sword? No, actually. So there's you got a gun up there. You got all kinds of stuff. It's just some cool trinkets I've acquired through our travels across the years. You know, Century obviously, like I said, has a wide a reaching global network and with that we have to go to some pretty crazy places across the world um to you know yeah, continue yeah. our business and there's some trinkets i found in little shops the handle looks like uh, you're watching the forged in fire shows yeah. and things it's like so it's one actually, of those it's actually an original spanish military sword that i found while i was over there at a it's little nice. shop so um nice. i was able to pick it up so it's pretty cool so in adam's defense for his his lack of being on the show this this season he has been traveling uh, <laughs> a whole 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 lot um so and then your latest travels took you to las vegas do you want to talk about that a little bit later <laughs> yeah we can we can mention that it was a pretty cool opportunity so yeah, yeah. definitely uh it's like more we'll more ways that Century is reaching out and broadening uh, the the 2A community. So um, this is from Henix, H-E-I-N-I-X-C. Greetings from Communist Republic of South Africa. The only AK we are able to get here is the Norinco Type 56. Any thoughts on reliability of them? Also, Magpul is basically the only aftermarket parts we can get here. Is it worth getting their mags, or should one import mags from the U.S. from other manufacturers slash suppliers? 
said, I came across the AK Corner in Season 3, binged the first seasons, became a leadhead since, and now waiting for the next batch of AKs to land in my country to get my first SLR, if the government will allow one. So his main question is about the uh, Renarinko Type 56 and then aftermarket uh, furniture, if he can get it in his country. Magpul seems to be the only thing he can get right now. Paul? Dude, it, there's nothing wrong with Magpul magazines for the AK. Uh, the Gen 3 ones with the metal lips or the, the metal latches, those are fantastic. Uh, and if you can't get those, just get the other ones, mark them, and when, when they wear out, just throw them away and get new ones. Uh, the Norinco, the you should have no problem with the, uh, the Norinco. I mean, yeah, time how, many million, how many millions of people have died uh, from the business end of those? So, I mean, hell, the Chinese are, are killing their citizens with them every day, so they must work. We wish we could get them here. Um, Adam, do you guys ship mags to South Africa, or is that where he's at? South Africa? I don't believe we currently. U.S. Palm, I, I don't think, currently is available in South Africa. It's a, Africa as a whole is a tough country to, uh, or a tough continent to, to, to get work stuff with on into. certain dynamics. Yeah. Uh, but I appreciate you listening. Um, it's good to know that we've got listeners in South Africa. We are worldwide, by the way. That just proves That's it. true. That just proves it. Um, this one is from Skylar BK1. What would someone, what would be someone the first upgrades? I think he typoed here. What would be the first upgrades you would do to a 73 Wasser or any older AK? First AK and found this podcast from looking up about Fuller uh, and have loved all the information I've been gathering from it. Thanks for everything you and the people you have on bring to the table. So thank you. Paul, Paul yeah. I'm sure I can say a lot more on this to me. The first oh. thing I do on an AK is I change the grip. The grip to me, you know, I yeah. mean, it, it works for what it is, the original, but I'm, I'm a bigger guy, I've got bigger hands. Also, just the texturing on it. I'm changing the grip, but obviously U.S. Palm is a great I hate those rough. broom handles. Uh, yeah, exactly. I hate for those. Me, for yeah. me, it changed my uh, my ability to shoot the platform astronomically, just as simple as a grip. And it could be a U.S. Palm grip or any grip that ultimately is the most comfortable for you. But hands And down, Adam has to put grip. two U.S. Palm grips uh, on his to fit his, his big hands. <laughs> he, he doubles up on the grip. <laughs> Uh, you know, you know who actually you know, we're missing today, and who could answer this question perfectly is Brian. Uh, Drew could Brian, too. Brian, yeah, Brian, Brian or Drew could could both. But uh, you know, a lot of the Wassers, the original Wassers, were were really rough. You know what I mean? Uh, and they were they came pre sharpened from the factory, which is why we <laughs> wear gloves when we shoot AKs. Uh, yeah, if you're going to bleed shooting a rifle, you're going to bleed shooting an AK. So, uh, no, there, there's, it's it not and, and those things aren't necessarily add-ons. It's just like little touches that, that you put on that, and that like whether it's Fuller or, you know, uh, or Brian over at Occam, those guys know exactly those touch points where, where, where they can be improved. And, and, and let's face it, you know, for the tens of hundreds of thousands of washers that were produced, some of the magwells were a little, eh. Uh, and and could use a little bit of work uh, on them. Would you say that's fair, Adam? The oh no, absolutely. I mean, ultimately, I think they've gotten a lot better in the last you know decade. Oh, for but, sure. Like, oh, like yeah. Like you said, you got to remember these things were being pumped out of of government facilities by 
you know, people that maybe didn't necessarily even want to be there. And a lot of them were being pumped down as fast as possible for military use, you know, straight off the line into the field. Um, yeah, I mean, there's going to be times where, you know, accuracy and, and consistent consistent uh, cuttings and, and bevelings weren't exactly the biggest priority when it came to just pumping around as fast as possible. So, yeah, I think it's fair to say that there, are, there were, especially before, used to be some inconsistencies in terms of, especially the receivers. Yeah. All right. So this next question, I made a post on my stories uh, a few days back, and it had a giant dump tray. I don't know if you guys saw that or not, but it was like it was like huge. You could park your car on it. It was so big. Um, that was that was a trick. <laughs> it was it was like a what's the company that makes those really realistic firearms that look like the real things? Oh, oh, but they're they're like they're like one eighth the size. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. I just actually saw one of those the other day. I can't think of the name though. Minigun or something like that. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't remember. But anyway, they made they had an AK uh, version. So it was one of you listeners that made the post. And I just I shared it. He had one of those toy um, replicas, uh, and he had his dump tray that he won by listening uh, to the podcast. So it was it was a joke. It wasn't really a giant dump tray. <laughs> those things are great. You know, you sent me like four or five of them to the office, and. I had I had them on my desk, and the next day I came back and I had all but one on my desk, and or all yeah. all, all of them were gone except for one. And now even the one I had is gone. So well, we'll send you some uh, more. Uh, you know Hodor. Hodor will hook you up. We'll get you some. Uh, more. David Edelman, the guys over at you know Mission First, they are just fantastic. You know, if you're ever looking to support a business that genuinely supports the community, it's not just out there to make a buck. Uh, I mean, technically on some levels they're a competitor of U.S. Palm, but they are. They are great, you know what I mean. But they are great people. Yeah. They make great product, and I mean, I I own a lot of their stuff, and it's always been reliable. They They're make great, great AK stuff. They've got a new uh, handguard for your AR now. I said AK man AR. They make great AR um, rails and uh, furniture. They're uh, minimalist stocks, um, but uh, and we're giving this away. So the ten year talking lead uh, giveaway is underway too for you listeners who aren't participating we'll talk about that in a minute and ap5 is up for grabs in that giveaway so uh stay tuned for that uh but no b hearse that was uh, it was just a trick man we don't dave might i mean he might consider making a giant park your car dump tray i don't i don't know uh you could work under it and catch the oil because i'll use these for my gunsmithing you know i work on my guns with these uh, i'll put all my oily greasy dirty parts and they clean up I've used this one several times, and it looks brand new. And They're great. Good stuff. Um, what are the are they going to do about arm braces and SBR off the list? And SBR off the list. Uh, that's another show. Yeah. Three, two, one, till Paul's head explodes. Yeah. Um, why is there a question mark on season five? Is it, isn't it only inevitable that we're going to have a season five? I don't know. You just never know. Old Tennessean, when will we get a true AK versus AR field competition episode? Well, we'll see if uh, season five happens. <laughs> Ryan Reisner, I'm actually curious on when Century Arms was established and some history on the company. So there you go, Ryan. We, we took care of You're you welcome. today. You're welcome. 
Bobus 1776. What design features should actually be redesigned, removed, and or replaced with another gun? I guess he's talking about AK features. Why? What would you add to the AK that is missing from the current design? So there you go. You got any feedback on that, Paul? Uh, I was going to say a bottle opener, but then I remembered that they the magazines are bottle openers, so... That's it. The uh, the you can take the bolts apart and there's you can use those and all that. I mean, ultimately, it goes back to what Paul said. Listen, we all know there's definitely modern iterations of platforms of firearms anywhere you want to look, and they're always going to continue to grow. But the AK is synonymous with an iconic platform that has worked over and over and over again through countless conflicts, through countless tests, torture tests. Yeah, the gun works. If it's not broke, don't fix it. If you want something new, absolutely continue to grow, continue yeah. to build a brand. But if you're looking to change the original AK-47, in my opinion, just as a as a loyalist to the platform, not even as somebody that works for the company, it's great the way it is. You don't look at a '69 Mustang and go, "Man, that car is really cool," but I wish it I wish it had a CD player in it. No, the '69 Mustang was iconic for being the '69 Mustang. You know, that's the reason. And some of these classics, that's the reason Ford went back and started making the cars to look more like the classics and Chevy and all them did. Because some of these things are so iconic and we wouldn't be where we are today if we hadn't had these iconic platforms to start the revolution. And I think that's what this, that's what there's to be said about the AK-47 is it's great just the way it is. If you want something new, get something new. But if you want to appreciate something that's timeless and tried and true, and the I, AK-47 I agree. I agree with that. And... It has been redone, and it has been redesigned. Look at these other countries. Look at the Galil. You know, that's what the Galil is based off of. So um, if you want something other than what you are offered through, you know, your traditional AK-47, AKM, then look at, you know, the the Galils. Look at the, was the VZ-58s? We talked, we did a VZ-58. show on those. VZ-58s, the Valmets, you know, there there are other iterations of it out there that have gone and made design changes, but the basic functioning mechanisms, you know, of what drives the AK are fundamentally the same, and they work, and why change those? It's a good question, but I just think it's... it's yeah, and I think maybe he's maybe thinking more of, you know, like dust covers and, you know, getting rails and, you know, things like that, and companies are coming out with those and making those, so aftermarket products are coming you know just like yeah, ARs. Like cool handguards cool handguards and stuff to do and, and and different ways to mount your optics and, and different stocks so i think those are awesome and then like it goes back to what we we're talking about mechanic people having the ability to customize their rifle to both show the expression of who they are but also functionality for them but i think when you come to the internals of the ak you got to remember like i said this is a controlled explosion if you start getting too precise and too dialed in with these things you're going to start creating issues because they weren't created to be precise they weren't created to fit exactly perfectly and lock it it's if you ever watch an ak shoot in slow-mo it looks like the thing's coming apart every time because that's how it was designed it was designed out of sheet metal and when you start talking sheet metal you're not talking about having the ability to customize it and have the sexiest lines and it's a tool and it's a really good one yeah this kind of goes along with that this is um j edgar paradox or is this esom no this is esom 87 Oh, J. Edgar Perry does. What was the reason for the different rivet placement on the Type 56 and Mac 90 versus the AKM front trunnion? This may be a question for Brian. 
You you got any news on that, Paul? No. We'll, uh, we'll... I, I, know, I know my place, and I know not to, to venture into yeah. that pond. <laughs> um, Drew would probably know that, too. We'll get an answer for you, or, or we'll cover that in Season 5, if we have Season 5. <laughs> Question for Lefty and this episode's guest. What is your favorite thing about the AK? Thanks for another kick-ass season. Can't wait for Season 5. Uh, Esom87. Uh, I like the the looks, just it's aesthetically, you know, it's just the his, the history, it's just iconic, you know, it's got that iconic look, and it's it's just beautiful to look at. That's what I like about the AK, and it runs, it's reliable. You can you can torture the shit out of it. You can put it through any environment, and it still will come out on top running. Maybe not running like a top, but it will come out on top running. <laughs> Mine is shoot it. Like honestly, I you know been blessed to have Sound, the yeah. opportunity to shoot some really cool guns and some stuff that I've always wanted to shoot since I was a kid. Um, but there's nothing like shooting an AK. It really is just you know, get out on the range, you pull the trigger, you feel you feel the way the gun functions in your hand, and then when a 7.62 by 39 hits that steel down target down range, you know it. You know, and it just has a different sound. It has a different feel. It has a just everything about it is so synonymous with just the AK. It's not like, oh, the AK it shoots like this. No, an AK shoots like an AK. You know, you might have an AR that feels kind of like a P90 or a this or a this or a this. But an AK shoots like an AK. And there's no... Very distinctive. No What's the uh, Gunny Highway quote uh, from Clint Eastwood? It makes a very distinctive sound when fired upon you or fired at you. Yeah. The preferred weapon of the enemy, and it makes a distinct sound when it's fired at you. Yeah. No, the, I think the greatest thing about the AK in the United States of America is the fact that uh, even though all the struggles that we're going through right now, at this moment in time, uh, if you are a citizen of the United States, and then that takes away places like New York and Maryland and California, but if you're a citizen of the United States of America, you can possess that weapon, that instrument of liberty and you know a lot of the guys when i was a younger guy and you know my my uh, mentors were all vietnam veterans they viewed the ak as the weapon of the enemy it was taboo uh, it was something that you shouldn't even want to shoot you shouldn't even want to hold that thing because uh, it's the weapon of the enemy but what we've done is we flipped that on its head you know people say well how can you own a gun you know that was made blank you know fill in the blank turkey or this place and I'm carrying it as a, as a citizen, as a free man in the United States of America. And that means something. And, uh, and, and all the other stuff, the, the fact is. And I actually had a, a, a pistol class a couple of, about a month ago. But, but I had some rifles with me because that's me, and I always have them. And uh, before we started the class, uh, Jared and I were doing some work with the uh, AK. And it was actually, I actually had the, uh, I had the Visca out there on the range. And uh, after the class was over, you know, there the, someone were asking, like, "Hey, we saw you were shooting rifles when we pulled up. You know, what's that all about?" And then we're gonna, we got to do a rifle class, and I, so I pulled it. I showed them the visca, and uh, two of the women in the class were like, "Can we shoot it?" And I said, "Sure." So I took them up there and let them. Uh, and the one was she was like shaking. She was so nervous. She's like, "Is it gonna kick? Is it gonna hurt? Is it gonna kick?" And um, because it's a thirty caliber firearm. 
But that's one of the great things about that is she shot it, and then she's like, oh, that, that wasn't bad so at bad. all. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and people have this perception like it's going to be this massive recoil. Like, no, it, it's actually not. It's actually, and you can put a big piece of lead down range without, you know, bruises or, you know, no ill effects. So. They're not triggered. They're not triggered. Yeah, they're not they're triggered. They don't have PTS no, it, after it, shooting it's, it. It's, it's, it's good. Good deal. All right, let's go to the next question. Giddy up. This is a good question. What's the biggest change you didn't expect in the AK market in the last five years? We'll start with Adam on that one. Cause you, That's you guys, that one right there. Yeah, I think, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, is while the AK is you know, in high demand in the U.S. The reality is probably 10 to 1 is the demand for the AR. You know, I mean, let's just call let's call a spade a spade. That for every 10 ARs sold in the U.S., you're probably selling one AK. Um, so the fact that you have seen so many companies really get into the space, as I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, was something that was surprising to me. I think it's actually a good thing. I think the buyer should be conscious of that and make sure they do their research and not just go with what quote unquote public recommendations are. Do your research. Look into it. If if somebody says a gun is bad, what do they actually know about it? You know, do the research, see what the people that you do trust, people like you, Lefty, people like you, Paul. You know, you have no motive to lie because ultimately or or, or to give misinformation at any point, because ultimately if, if you're telling something that isn't true, you're going to lose credibility and thus lose your livelihood. Um, but I think the fact that it has grown so much, the AK market has grown so much, is something that's surprising. I think it's a benefit for everybody, especially for aftermarket parts and things like this. The more it's out there, the more companies want to get in and start doing creative things. Companies like JMac Customs and you know Occam and stuff like they're doing some really cool things for aftermarket parts that are actually feasible and actually make sense. Um, so yeah, just the popularity and the way it's grown and become such an acceptable part of the two A community is something that's really interesting to see and surprising. What about uh, consumer wise? Is um, maybe something that you didn't expect? You know, like the the mag for the the CZ mag or the uh, Scorpion mag for the uh, the Draco. I mean, what's what's like something that you didn't expect would be something that they would ask ask for that you actually delivered? So that's like, a great question. We didn't see that coming. Uh, yeah, got me. You know, I think the biggest surprise on the AK market is, like, from the consumer, um, how it people are that are embracing the consumer that is embracing the AK is it's not like you're having to then you've got their attention because they bought their first AK. Uh, now you have to like convert them to be an AK guy over an AR guy. It kind of is interesting. Is a lot of these guys have an AR and have an AK, but as soon as they get into the AK market, they're kind of all in. You know, it's not like you have to do a ton of ton to really sell them on it. Yeah. They all of a sudden, like you watch the community that goes to like these AK matches, like Kalash Bash and Red October and stuff, and they are so heavily invested and so passionate about it. And some of them, it's not like they've only been they've been in it for thirty years. They they've got their first AK a year ago and just loved it and loved the community behind it and loved the mm -hmm. message behind it that they're they're out there and they're buying what they're supporting it with their wallet 
which is the ultimate sign of sign of endorsement you know yeah. um that just how strong and how adamant the consumer is once they kind of immerse themselves in the ak culture so it might not be a specific answer in terms of they really like to buy this furniture but it is how how deep they go into the community once they actually get an ak and how often that happens yeah for me probably the biggest i don't know thing that i didn't really expect is is to see the events like you mentioned earlier, like Kalashtober, you know, Ken up there uh, in yeah, and was it Connecticut or Mass? I always get it mixed up. He's up in the in the east. Uh, yeah, Ken you know, Allen, yeah, yeah, Ken Allen uh, with Kalashtober and with Kalash Bash down in Texas with Clay and the guy from guys from Dissident Arm, Mike and Lan, uh, and uh, the Red October in in Vegas. You know, so we've got as you're going across the country. And there's a lot of a lot of smaller ones that are popping up, just that are AK specific events, shooting competitions. Um, you know, I, I really didn't ex- haven't I didn't expect to see it happen that quick. I guess um, exactly. I was I was I was thinking more of they're going to integrate them into the existing three gun, you know, competitions and things that are there instead of just spinning off and just having their own special you know but it's such a different it's such a different competition it's such a different shooting style so that you really can't i mean you could but ultimately it's it's a completely we know with an ak the stopping power is drastically increased but we also know the mobility and and you know the the things that there are advantages to they are there's always going to be advantages to any two platforms you look at yeah um so and that's why honestly, don't get me started. This is a whole other rabbit hole. But I think the guys that are using Galils at uh, Galils at these AK competitions, I don't think it's fair. I think there should be a completely different division just for the Galil. But that may or may not have been because I've gotten smoked a couple times by guys running Galils and I'm running a traditional AK. So uh, hypothetically, hi Jeremy, Gresham. <laughs> Jeremy at IWI sponsors of the Tiny Lad AK Corner. Uh, and also, they have uh, a Tavor up in our giveaway. We're going to talk about. Um, but no, I mean, I think I think that's part of a healthy competition too. Is to have an AK versus an AR versus a Galil, and best man wins. Uh, but yeah. yes, I like the specific events for ARs, for AKs, for you know, cowboy shooting, PCC, western shooting, PCCs. Exactly, yeah. yeah. 100%. I like the fact that you know there's variety, and you can go and you can put your your AR up against the you know the country's best ARs, and you can put your AK up against the country's best AKs. Uh, but I also would like to see a competition where it's the best rifle, you know, the best AK, AR, Galil, whatever it may be. Just put them all against each other and see who wins. You're running you're running the Indian and the Arrow argument together there and see which who comes out on top. Yeah, it's just yeah, let's just do it. Let's just do it. But yeah, that's that was something that surprised me, you know, within the past five years is is the amount of the AK specific events that have popped up and the popularity of them. They continue to grow. And yeah. I wanna I wanna see them continue to grow. Um yeah, these are really good questions. And then like eighty percent of the questions here have to do with the five four five. So tons of questions about the five four five. I think we'll we'll wrap up with this one and this will be a question for you, Adam. Uh, I had it here and I lost it. It is from Arms of Cascadia. It says, question for Sentry. Will we see any more Setmes or C-93s? I've got the roller delayed itch again. 
That is could not be more timely of a question. <laughs> is this another so shot question? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is me trying not to get fired. Another question. season five question? No, no, no. I don't mind. So a couple different things. So one, um, obviously we talked about the AP5 program earlier, the roller delayed. Yeah. Um, and traditionally over the last couple of years, you know, it's been offered in nine millimeter. We are very excited at SHOT Show to be introducing uh, a larger portfolio of roller delays from MKE um, that may incorporate some uh, calibers with a little bit more knockdown power. Ah, I can say that okay. on that side. And there's a second answer to this question. So when we were talking about like set me's and things like this, um, my assumption is one of the references would probably be to the C308. C308 we ran uh, a big a big program with and had a lot of them available uh, a couple years back. Um, just as in any surplus parts kit program runs, when the parts are out, so is the program. Um, Century has tirelessly been scouring the globe for the last couple of years to find another program similar to that. And another program has been found and ah. uh, has been acquired. Ooh. And production, the beginning of production has begun on not the exact same but in my opinion, yeah, I know. In my opinion, the 60,000 units of this platform, a little bit more modern and just as, cool not, just as cool. Just not cool, yeah. Let's just say uh, 60,000 units are currently being shipped over to be uh, assembled in an American compliant version of a platform very, very similar. Don't get in trouble. Don't yeah. get in trouble. Yeah, That's I know. what you say. We're really excited. It's something going to be very new. Um, there will be hints to it and, and start to talk about it in the next couple months. But it's a very big program. I'm excited to get one of the first ones. And obviously, Talking Lead and Paul, you guys will be right there on the list to get them and try them out on the gate. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, yeah, like I said, the rest of these questions, I mean, a lot of 545 questions. That's obviously a, a, you know, a hot thing, high in demand uh, that people are wanting. Um, and so that's like that's what we go back to what Paul said. We know it's out there. We know it's a great caliber. If if we're going to invest in something like that, without even trying to sound just as a gun guy myself, if if you're going to be out there, and you're going to be passionate about it. You got to be willing to put your dollar where your mouth is, you know. And you got to go out there and you got to get it because ultimately these companies are not going to be able to continue to grow that 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 demand or that platform without actually seeing their business decisions being justified by by sales. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's there's a lot of companies in in our industry that got burned by internet forums. You know, the forums were screaming for fill in the blank, and so the company's like, "All right, we heard you. They do it. They sell 118 units, yeah. and uh, you know, are out 250 thousand dollars in debt uh, because and somebody's getting fired. It. Somebody's losing their job over that too. I mean, that's not something yeah. that's just like a little thing. You know, if somebody goes and says, Hey, listen, if your market research consists of forums, which nowadays is a viable option, but if it consists of forums and then there's, it doesn't translate to sales, you know, it, it's, it's not good. It's not good. Yeah. So great questions there, Leadheads, and uh, there's a lot of other ones on here. Maybe I didn't get to yours, but like I said, a lot of you uh, were asking the 545. Um, FPS Murdoch, Pew Pew RN, Mustang Perry, uh, J. Edgar Paradox, Nikolai Alpinap, 
flood munitions. Um, uh, we had we talked about Draco, so there you go. Uh, flood, giddy up. Flood musicians. I'm seeing those guys. They're commenting on everything now. Like those guys, whoever's running that social media page. Oh, that's flood. That's one guy. It's him. Yeah, I know. It's I'm Evan. He's just on it all the time. Evan Floodman. He was on the uh, History Channel's um, Ultimate Marksman competition. Yeah. Um, but he, I, I'm, that man is on his phone at least 20 hours a day. <laughs> he he he's a go getter. He's got a good YouTube channel. So if you guys haven't followed him, go check out his YouTube and his Instagram. He's doing some good uh, good work there. Giddy up, uh, Glautru. There's another FPS Murdoch. Arms of Cascadia. Another J Edgar. Esam 87. Uh, Boba 1776. Don't see a lot from you. Thank you for taking part. Uh, Ryan Reisner, um, we did the history with Ryan, so good, good question. Old Tennessean, B. Hurst, Lance Reynolds, Bass in Texas, he was doing the five four five questions. Shep Guns, um, is Magpul furniture worth putting on a Visca? I love the wood that it came with, but it's a little short. Or would you recommend something besides Magpul? There's there's all kinds of options out there, viable options um, that you could go with. But you know, it depends on what look you want. You know, what you're using it for. So, you guys want to comment on that? I mean, yeah. I mean, we, there's a Visca version that came completely stocked out in Magpul. Magpul is great furniture. Yeah. Um, for me, I think uh, if it's my only AK, I'm keeping it kind of the traditionalist look. You know, I, I, I want the wood. It's kind of what separates it apart from everything else. Exactly. Oh, if yeah. you've got more than one and you want to really start getting customizable, go for it. it ultimately, it's, it's your it's If you've your only got one AK, leave the wood on it. If you start That's getting multiple would. AKs, then get into customizing and personalizing it and, and making it your own. That's my suggestion. You can tell me to go to hell. I don't care. But uh, Thanks to our, our South African listener, he, H-E-I-N-I-X-C, which that may mean something in South African. I don't know. Uh, and Skylar BK1. So thanks to everyone who participated. Um, I'm going to randomly go through, select one of you uh, listeners to win a Mission First Tactical AK Corner Century Arms dump tray. And uh, I'm just going to scroll. How many How many guys did you have comment on that page, you know, roughly? Uh, close to 40. I'll tell you what we'll do, just to make it fun. Yeah. So U.S. Palm came out with the limited edition. We released the Banana Mag. Yeah, the banana year. mag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of our yeah, I, have I didn't those. get one of those. I you know what? We'll banana mag, but that's so here's okay. what we'll do. Including Paul, everybody that is in a state or country, country? In South Africa, sorry, that is legal. That, that is legal in it. Uh, if they send you in their information in the next, we'll give them two weeks. Give them two weeks from today. Okay. They can get you the information. We will send them one of the limited edition U.S. Palm uh, banana mags with the patch just for being involved in it. We really appreciate it. We appreciate nice. you guys listening. We appreciate the support. And like I said, this is a community, and, and you got to be active in order to kind of support a community. So the fact that you took the time out of your day to listen, to comment, to ask questions, we'll take care of you too. That's awesome. And you guys have been taking care of the, the listeners for several years now, and they greatly appreciate it. I know they're going to love those mags. So awesome. Thank you, Adam. So the winner of the dump tray, we're going to randomly go through. And I'm just – huh? Go for it. Uh, I'm going to stop, and it stopped on Bobus1776. And Bobus asked, what 
design features should actually be redesigned. So we went into that one and talked about that. So email me, talkinglet at gmail.com. I'll need your um, your shipping information so I can forward this on to Dave and the guys over at Mission First Tactical. Uh, and then we're also giving away a SEAL 1 complete gun care kit, which these are perfect for AKs. And especially if you're shooting that corrosive ammo, these things help prevent and clean up corrosion uh, in your firearms. Keep them lubed and ready to go. Seal one. So our winner for that, Paul, I'm going to let you pick. Go go randomly through there. Uh, question number 38. 24. I, I can't see it. Okay. <laughs> pick a number. I don't have the... Uh, 18. He said 24. He said 24? 24. All right. Twenty-four. Yeah. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirty, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four. Lance Reynolds Bass in Texas. And that's twenty-four from my view of what I'm doing based on the questions that were posted when we recorded this. So if you posted one after and you came up 24 after, too bad. So you know you're in 2022 when you have to give that disclaimer. You got a disclaimer, yeah, disclaim everything. So Lance Reynolds, Bass in Texas, you win the SEAL 1 Complete Gun Care Cleaning Kit uh, from our good buddy Dwight over at SEAL 1. Uh, email me, talkinglet at gmail.com. All the people who are eligible to win those magazines from U.S. Palm, the banana mags, do those come with a patch too? Yeah, it comes with the, it comes with the custom U.S. Yeah, Palm banana baby. patch in there. All we need from you, just if they'll send you there, just maybe like a picture of their ID. Basically, we just need to know that you are legally allowed in your state and where it's going. Um, while we may not agree with the fact that certain states don't allow things, yeah. So just you know, send me your shipping address because that'll tell us what state you're in, and don't try to sneak one by us because if you can't have it, you don't get it. You're not going to get it. Uh, we're not. Going to jail if for you. If you can't have it, then you've been screwing. <laughs> I think that was a perfect cutoff for Paul yeah, right there. They just, the government just cut Paul <laughs> yeah, off mid-statement. Yeah, ATF just cut uh, Paul off. Uh, and then the winner of our BFT-47, uh, the raffle uh, for the uh, sheepdog, email me, at gmail.com, or they're going to get in touch with you. But email me, and I'll forward your info, and they'll forward it to Adam so that Adam can uh, make sure that You've got the FFL and all that, and you're legal to own one because if you're not, you're not going to get it either. And uh, I guess I'll just take it. But no, we'll get we'll Love give it back ball. to Sheepdog. <laughs> we'll give it back to Sheepdog, and they can raise more money. Uh, but I was mentioned earlier, Adam. We've got this other giveaway that we're doing. This huge ten years of talking lead um, and friends giveaway, and we've got nearly ten thousand dollars worth of of prizes that we're giving away in that and i i'm stalling my words because i'm trying to pull it up let me just quit talking and i'll i'll pull it up so you go to my website talkingled.com you can enter the giveaway here and we've got six prize packages and starting with prize package number six we've got uh, an assortment of prizes here we've got a optic from crimson trace we've got a custom holster from mission first tactical and one of their uh, drink koozies that's in the uh, cs riot configuration lockdown has put in several products they've got a dehumidifier 
sensor, a rod. They've got some of their magnets, and they've got one of those awesome hide shelves. You can put your gun in there. looks just like furniture. Boom, pop it down, you get your gun. Uh, and then our friends from Medical Points Abroad have put in this super awesome, Paul, this, this Uber Deluxe Med Kit that you can uh, win in that prize package number six. Prize package number five is, again, you're going to get another Crimson Trace. There's a Crimson Trace scope in that. There's Seal 1. There's a custom leather Kydex holster. And there's this cool Kraken case that's going to be in that. And ASP has put in a flashlight and a, a CS spray uh, safety kit in that. Package number four. Now we're getting to the good stuff here. Keltec has put in a rare sub-2000 tan Cerakote, um, and it's a multi-mag, Paul. Did you know they had a multi-mag variation of the Keltec sub-2000? I didn't. It's news to me. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. So it takes, like, Sig and Smith and Glock magazines? Uh, this one has, like, three different ones. Glock isn't one of them, but it's, it's like, Smith and Sig. And oh, it's metal mags. So, it's, yeah. And it's got conversions that you can you can put in there to to do the different mags. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, and then Kraken case. Uh, you get a Kraken case with this. You get a primary arms uh, red dot. You got one of their mini red dots there. And then Mission First is going to give you a nice big 36-inch gun case, which you don't need for a sub-2000, but... Hey, you can use it for another one of your kids. <laughs> Backpack would have been perfect for that, but we got backpacks in other packages. Yeah, exactly. And you get one of their big, giant um, drinking containers um, that's like a howitzer shell. So that's pretty cool. Package number three, you got an AR-7 from Henry Rifles. That's one of those breakdown 22s that all stores in your, your butt stock. It's watertight, so you can take it in uh, all the different weather... Uh, climates, you drop it in the water, it's going to float. Pretty cool thing. Uh, and then primary arms, they've got a cool red dot that you can throw on that because it's got a railed uh, top part, Picatinny rail. Uh, Kraken case, again, you're going to get an awesome Kraken case. You could probably fit that um, 22 after you break it down in that case. Uh, Mission First Tactical, this is the backpack. This is their big um, giant size, I think it's called the Warrior Pack is what they call it. You're going to get that. And one of their cool uh, Riot CS uh, water bottles. Package number two. Getting even better. IWI has put up a Tavor. Got a Tavor 556, and it's the green. The green with your favorite color, Paul. The OD green there. It's the X95. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. the X95 something something G because it's green. Um. Mm. Primary Arms putting up an SLX MD25 for the for the Tavor. A nice optic that you're going to have on there. Mission First, they got it right this time with the big 36-inch uh, rifle case. It'll fit perfect for this Tavor. Have some extra room to spare. And uh, they're going to do their magazines. You're going to get a custom graphic three-pack of their magazines, 30 rounds. Again, where, where legal. Um, Kraken case. And one of their smoke... Um, drink wares, M80 Red Smoke style drink wear. And then package one, Adam, what have we got here? And we've got the AP5M, 
which is, uh, like we talked about, one of the Century Arms imported MKE roller delay blowback firearms uh, from the licensed HK machinery. Uh, this is the Shorty. Um, this one is iconic with the original suitcase gun. Yeah. I'm excited to uh, offer it as part of the Talking Lead 10-year giveaway. And we appreciate that. Sweet. And you can top it off with a primary arms SLX RS10 red dot. Uh, little mini reflex that'll fit perfect on there. It'll look great. Uh, and then again, another Kraken case in this package too. Those cases are awesome. It's the foam what makes these cases awesome. It's they've got this like memory foam, and you can you can put like a container of eggs in there and close it in this memory foam, and it won't crack the eggs. It's it protects. So if you've got some optics, you've got some. Uh, perishables that you want to make sure that are protected these cases are awesome for that mission first they've got their um ambush 40 backpack in this one uh which that um ap5 will fit perfect in that it'll be a perfect little backpack yeah. gun for that and then uh, another one of their awesome um this is like another howitzer shell drinkware so those are pretty cool gifts man Nearly ten thousand dollars in giveaways. You've got till the end of the month. Go, like I said, go to my website. There's links there. You go to my social media. Uh, I'm sure all of our participating sponsors have done things, and they've got links, so you can go visit their sites as well. Uh, we've, I think, we've got somewhere around, I don't know, twenty, thirty thousand entries so far, and we're just halfway through it. So, uh, enter now and enter. Do all the things to get all the extra entries. Uh, that you can do. So that's our way of giving back to our listeners, uh, celebrating our 10 years of talking lead. We couldn't do it without all the support from you lead heads and the lead head brigade. Uh, it's been awesome 10 years. We hope to bring you another 10 years, uh, bringing you awesome guests like Century Arms and Adam with, with Century. Drew uh, is on uh, all the time. We love Drew. Miss not having him here today. Paul Markle, of course, you guys, I'm sure all of you, all of my listeners are already listeners of Student of the Gun, but if you aren't, correct yourself, as Paul says, and uh, go subscribe Take and listen That's right, yeah. to a Student of the Gun. Uh, so we're, we're basically, we share very closely uh, an anniversary because we started Student of the Gun Radio way back in the olden days of the Firearms Radio Network in the infancy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we started just a couple of months apart. Yeah. Because uh, I started Student of the Gun TV in 2010, but we started the radio in, we launched the first one, first week of March of 90, not 93, 2003. No, 2013. Jeez. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah. Uh, as the clock ticks forward, we're gonna, we're, we've got a 10-year coming up too. Yeah, yeah. We started uh, December 2012, right when the... the um what was that shooting? The Sandy Hook? Was that the one? Mm. And we're like, oh, yeah, damn, there goes the end of anything firearms. Our show just went down the yeah. toilet. And <laughs> here we are 10 years later. Um, yeah. And the AK Corner, four years of the AK Corner. We're hoping to bring you a season five. Um, so stay tuned. And uh, – until then, make sure you go back. we got four years that you can go back and listen to, just like the guy in South Africa said. He just started listening, went back and binged. Uh, so plenty yeah. of content for you guys to listen to until 
uh, we bring you the next episode of the Talking Lead AK Corner. Thanks to Century Arms, our presenting sponsors. Uh, we greatly appreciate everything they do and have done uh, for our show. Not only the AK Corner, but our regular show as well. Canic has gotten involved. We've given away some Canics and uh, some of the past episodes. IWI, our good friend Jeremy Gresham, uh, thanks to them for being a supporting sponsor of the AK Corner over the past few years. And, of course, Mission First Tactical, Dave, the guys over there at Mission First uh, have been just phenomenal taking care of you leadheads with all the, the swag and prizes that they uh, just, just shower you with. So go show them some love. Seal One, uh, also sponsors of the Talking Lead AK Corner. Greatly appreciate Dwight and his years of uh, sponsorship with the show. We're looking forward to continuing that, our relationship with Seal One. Uh, and then also they give back. You know, they're giving back to you with these discount codes. Go to Mission First Tactical, Leadhead, 20% off anything at Mission First Tactical. Seal One, use the code Leadhead. You're going to get 25% off anything at Seal One. Um, ASP USA, they're uh, putting up some flashlights and things for our giveaway that we're talking about there. Always uh, on board for giveaways for our listeners. Use the code Leadhead, all caps. And they have upped their discount from 15 to 20%. So now you're going to get 20% at ASP USA. That's any of their products, the flashlights, the batons, the handcuffs. Um, they've got some great products there. they got some CS spray. Uh, very cool. And then, of course, Factory 47 for our AK Corner logoed apparel, shirts, hoodies, hats. You go to Factory 47, use the code LEADHEAD to get 10% off uh, all your, your cool things there. So... Uh, go support those that make this show possible and hopefully we can bring it back to you for a season five uh, coming in 2023. Uh, but Adam, Paul, thank you both for taking the time to be on. Greatly appreciate it. And yeah, thank, thank you, you for having very me. much for having me. And somebody's going to have an awesome Christmas, so make sure you go enter that giveaway that we're doing. Six, pa- six packages, six winners. Uh, the, winner was, the winners will be announced in... Uh, the first episode of 2023, the Talking Lead uh, Normal Show podcast. So, hap- and, and Marty, if I may say one thing, you know, I think it's important. It's first off, you know, a lot of people don't say it anymore, but Merry Christmas. Uh, um, you yeah, know, yep. Merry Christmas, brother. Um, 2022, 2021 were some weird years. Um, you know, there was a lot of turmoil, but I think it's important as a community that we remember that we're all in this together. Uh, and I think even with that, I think it's important to remember those that aren't with us anymore, like James Jager. Um, you know, this is one of those years, you know, Paul, obviously you mentioned earlier, um, you know, that man was a character, but he had a big heart and was a good person and, and the world's not the same without him. So I, I you know, this holiday season, I, I just say that everybody should hug the ones that mean the most to them and remember that this is a life is a gift and that we are on this planet to protect our gift and protect those around us. And that's where the Second Amendment comes. I love you guys. I appreciate all that you guys do for the community. I appreciate what you do for me. And I look forward to 2023 with you guys. Absolutely. Well said. Thanks, man. Thank you. And Merry Christmas, Leadheads. Happy New Year. And we will see you in 2023.